Warning! Calories Unleashed may be offensive, especially to mask Nazi teachers. This show is honest, uses foul language, and contains sensitive topics. So, if you're easily offended, do not listen. Get some! Fucking moron! Here we go, here we go. Listen. Wake up. Fucking ridiculous. This is a nothing. Wake up. Fucking moron. This is terrible. It ain't helping you. Wake up. Welcome, 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 Knucklehead Nation. I have a treat for you guys. Big treat. Welcoming back to the studio. By the way, let me introduce myself first, I guess. I'm your host, of course, Michael Calderese. Sitting in the number one chair, Jay is not with us today. Um... He's a, I think it's a little bit too late for Jay. But sitting in my normal seat is my man, Mike Schwartz. You heard him on the 101st episode when we were doing a lot of COVID talk. How you doing, Mike? I'm great, dude. Wasn't This is my third time here, actually. This is your third time here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That was the first time. The one we're going to be discussing really was the 101st visit. Which was two years ago this month. It was, oh, two, really? Which is actually coming to help me out quite a bit. And you know, and I think we might have talked about this when we had dinner a couple weeks ago. But mm-hmm. everyone now, it's funny. I just, you know, we released this book. I'm sure you're going to talk about it, Fauci's fiction. Yep. And uh, everyone's like, "Well, you didn't know." I go, "Yeah, I did." And uh, you can listen to Calderese Unleashed from August of 2021. It's right there. Where we discussed all of it. I mean, basically, you're, the book that you wrote was really the podcast, like that we were talking about. For the most part, only had a lot more, I guess, insight into it, right? Anecdotal so, stories. So it's called Fauci's Fiction. But I got to ask you a quick question about this. Sure. I don't know if I've seen Fauci's name in there. Like, three once. times. Three times. Three times. That's it. Yeah. So well, it's really not about Fauci. It's not really about Fauci. It's not. It's it's more of the to me the, the book was was it was more of like, uh, hey guys, this is what really happened. It was a concise. This is what really happened. Like, from looking back at some of the bullshit, like the toilet paper, you know, fiasco and not being able to get it, to all the lies and all the bullshit about it. You know what I'm saying, too? Like, listen, this is this is the real story about COVID. Like, Fa- from start to finish. Yeah, but Fauci, No one's being told. That no one's saying. Fauci was the face, though. In, in my mind, at least. When you think of Anthony Fauci, you don't think of AIDS or... NAID, all the agencies he'd worked for under how many presidents since what, Reagan? You think of COVID. So the the cover, which I wish your listeners could see, I, I would encourage you to please look it up today on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Everybody's got it. Fauci's, Fauci's fiction. fiction. It, is a, it is a depiction of a Pinocchio Fauci with a nose coming through a mask. I, I love the cover. I did not do it intentionally to stir up controversy, but it is stirring up more controversy than you can imagine. But it's metaphorical. It's He was the face of COVID, and a lot of what they were telling you wasn't exactly uh, accurate. I got to tell you, it's the as far as a cover, I mean, it's definitely going to get attention, right? It's getting a lot it, of attention. It's yeah. I mean, you have a very doofy looking Fauci with a with a mask with his nose with a giant Pinocchio nose coming out of his mask. Mm-hmm. So um, to me, it's awesome. I love it. I haven't done Doctor Fauci in a while, <laughs> and I got to tell you, you, Michael J. Swartz, you do not know what you're talking about, sir. Okay, <laughs> you're full of shit. I did not fund gain of function research, dude. You know, I, it's, <laughs> I think part of this was my vision, by the way, for this cover. I had this in my head, and it it came out exactly as I pictured it in my head. But it came out that way because, you know, you were looking to him for answers, and every time we'd go to watch him on TV, who, like I said, was in my mind the face of COVID, 
everything they were saying was like, eh, that's a little bit of stretch. Eh, it's a little bit of that's not entirely true, or that's not what we're seeing in our office, which is what we talked about on the hundred and first episode two years ago. Because you know, you're asking me questions about COVID or what they're saying on TV, and you had all these great. Um, hypotheses that you were putting forward. And I'm going, yeah, you're, you're, you're right there. You know, like we were a little bit off, right? I don't want to say a little bit off. We just didn't have all the information that's in the book, but we had about 95% of that information from what we talked about on 101 mm -hmm. two years ago. And now people are like, ah, you didn't know. Yeah, we, we knew. We, we knew. No, I mean, listen, I think if you, if you go back and listen to the, the 101st right after this, you're gonna hear what's going on. I'm keep he I keep hearing oh, like something ignore, clicking. Ignore the pop, right? Ignore because it shouldn't be doing that. So anyway, when if you go back and listen to the hundred and first, you're gonna hear a lot of incredibly accurate information. Hey, just from you know when you said early on, it seems to be giving you a inflammatory response, both the the, the virus and the vaccine, mm -hmm. right? And it was things like that that now we know. Yes, it definitely it has a has, cause inflammation and it's because the spike protein doesn't stay where it's supposed to it goes throughout the entire body it causes inflammation throughout your entire body it causes a hyperimmune response in a lot of different ways especially after you spoke about if you had the virus and what it could potentially do afterwards mm -hmm. all those things were dead on when you really look at it so were we i wouldn't say we were off it was i don't think we nailed everything you know as far as because how could you these you're talking about when you say fauci's the face of this thing I mean, he really is. Mm -hmm. He's he's the guy that was out there. He was. If you deny Fauci, you denied science. Right. right. You you can't not look at him and think COVID. You can't no, because you know I am science. Right. And I'm I'm the the man. But they weren't, and that's the, the point. Virologist. The point of the book it, it was to it wasn't to expose Fauci. It was just to tell the truth, the real data, exactly what we talked about two years ago, and then some anecdotal stories of what we've learned since then about you know patients I've had that have had vaccines. There's another one today. Call me today, and he said, and there's a good good friend of mine. I won't mention his name because he's he's actually kind of famous. But he said he's got a um, he's got to get a heart valve replacement. He's got stenosis in his aorta. And he said, have you heard of this lately? And I said, yeah. I said, which, which vaccine did you, did you have? Was it, it Pfizer or Moderna? He goes, Pfizer. Because we only see that with the mRNAs. And I know a lot of people, it's, it's, I hate to say it's funny because he's a young guy. And this is like, this is happening every single day. And how do you, it's cause and correlation, right? We talked about this two years ago. We didn't, and look, I want to make this very clear. We did not recommend the vaccine in the beginning because we thought it was going to have these problems. I didn't recommend the vaccine in the beginning because we knew it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So why would I give you something that is going to give you a 120-day antibody response to COVID, right? And then you're just as susceptible as anybody else to getting it. If it doesn't work, and you can, and we can get into a lot of these things. We talk about the CDC changed the definition of the word vaccine. Oh yeah, uh, you wrote that was a chapter four. Uh, it's I might be in it might be in chapter twelve under vaccines. I think it could be under language. I forget. Um, it's just a 170 page book. But the point is, when you tell an 80 year old person, a 70 year old person, the, when you say vaccine, they think of things like you know polio. It's good for life. Hep B for 10 years. They don't think flu shot, you know, the, the seasonality of a, of a virus, they think like long term. So when you say the word vaccine to somebody and you're giving them a four month antibody response, that's just blatant malpractice to me. And once again, like, so when we were, when we were talking, I, I still haven't heard a great response to that, to why you always need specific antibodies in your system all the time and how that could, how can it not cause antibody dependent enhancement? 
It has to be. You've been right? talking about this for a long time. For a very long time. So it's like, to me, none of it made sense from that very from that very thing. Because you did. You had doctors out there screaming, like, guys, you shouldn't have the same antibodies in your system all the time. That's bad. You're going to cause a more viral strain. That shit happens. We knew it happened. Tests were going on. Did you see the new tests out of fucking Switzerland? Mm-mm. Dude. Dude, this is, uh, they're trying to discredit this this study, but it's peer-reviewed already. It's uh, It was pre-print, but it's it's right about to be published um it very well very well conducted study 777 i think like hospital patients i haven't had a chance to read the whole study i heard a doctor going going through it but it basically found that one in 36 was having some type of heart related issue whether it be through like blood testing or myocarditis one in 36 out of them had some type of issue whether it was uh what did it say um was it terrapins or something like that in your bloodstream? There's something he was saying. I can't remember that. I'm not a doctor, obviously, but there's something in the blood that indicates heart issues. Okay. I don't know. You tell me. You know what I'm saying? If, if, if any of this makes sense. But it was basically they they closely. You're talking about troponins? Man, maybe something like that. I think it started with a T. T- I don't know. Is it, it, we it, check troponin levels when somebody has, you know, when we suspect myocardial um, uh, an MI. So if you have a heart attack, we'll check for troponin levels. That'll tell you if they did have a heart attack. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was some, it was something along those lines. So when they when they broke it down, it was one out of every thirty six had some type of issue related to their heart after after the, the the vaccines okay yeah it was it's a very interesting study well we only see it we only see these issues with the mrnas which is um it's kind of interesting because you know people ask us about and by the way there's a difference between those vaccines the, the johnson and johnson vaccine is a viral vector vaccine which is very old technology it's kind of like when you're using an attenuated vaccine like a polio vaccine those have been proven to work i love these people when you talk about this vaccine they'll come at you and they'll say oh you're anti-vax really i, I mean i'd had a hep b vax like a couple years ago because i work in healthcare. you know i I've had all my vaccines except this one, and I don't get a flu vaccine because same thing. It's about thirty percent effective, and who cares? At the best, yeah, it, it changes every year. But yeah. this thing is about the same as the flu shot. So why would I get this? And you know, I'm going to get COVID either way. That was kind of funny. You know, I hate to say it's funny because I, I just have these memories of I called every single positive patient that we had for a year and a half. I remember that. That yeah. was that was a lot of work. I remember you had to walk outside and, and call a couple people last time we were talking, right? And you were like, "Listen, like, because you you were saying it even then, like, as soon as I get these, and I think it was late, it was like ten o'clock at sure. night, where you got where you got a couple of positive messages after we got we got done. It's like I got to call these people, and you did so immediately. You well, know? So, I, it was our it was our feeling that at that time that we needed to let people know the moment that we had the information. Sometimes the lab would report at midnight, and I wouldn't want to wait. If I was waiting patiently for my results, I wouldn't have to wait till eight o'clock in the morning. I called a guy at midnight or a woman or whatever. But you know. There was a reason I did that too, because you one you want to take care of your patients, and we went above and beyond. But two is we want to record data. There's I don't think there's anybody else on the planet that actually has horizontal data. I don't know if you know what I mean by that. Uh, so like hori- I do. Let let the, let you know let the audience. Know. So horizontal data would be like if, uh, me testing the same patient population over and over and over again for weeks, uh, for years. Uh, and there are people that we did that with different municipalities, uh, different uh, you know municipal entities that would hire us to te- do weekly testing, and we would test the the, the same hundred. 
cops every single week for three years. So we have horizontal data. And not only that, but and this is where the perspective comes into play because people really don't understand why our perspective is so different. If I test the same 100, 200 cops every single week, and I had not only had their testing data as far as positives and negatives, I knew their CT value when they were positive. That's their viral load. I knew if they had a co-infection when they were sick or not. I knew if they had comorbidities because we get to know our patients. Plus, um, we had antibody data on those patients because a lot of those people hired us to come in and do blood antibody testing after they had COVID after they had the vaccine, so we knew when, how long they lasted for. We knew how long the antibodies lasted from the vaccine and also from natural COVID, uh, you know, from, from natural infection. So it was kind of neat. You put all this horizontal data together, you get a lot of information. Because, you get a lot of information. Well, nobody puts COVID in perspective. I had a conversation. It, my cousin the other day posted on uh, Facebook that she had COVID. And I, I texted her and I said, well, how do you know you have COVID? And she goes, oh, our home test. I go, you can have a freaking cold for all I know. Yeah. And uh, she's like, yeah, 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 no, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm like, well, you do also don't know what your viral load is. You don't know if you have a co-infection because most of the sick patients that we had during COVID had a co-infection. Mm -hmm. If they were sick, they had something else to go along with it. Not everybody. Some people who had straight COVID, high viral load, yeah, the, the virus replicates, they were pretty sick. But most people had a co-infection and usually it was staph. And we found out, it's funny because you, you could see a ton of staph infections just from the mask wearing alone. Um, but I talk about a patient I had a year and a half ago or so who had COVID staph H flu and RSV all at the same mm -hmm. time. I talk about that guy all the time because if he had gone to, like my cousin, a Walgreens and got a home test, oh, I got COVID. He would have thought it's the worst thing in the world. Imagine him telling that story. And the reason that perspective is so important is when one person is a data point, it is not a data set. So I can't stand when I'm trying to explain COVID to somebody when you have 19,000 patients and 4,000 positives. That's a lot of information to, to gain knowledge from. So trying to talk to one guy whose own perspective is his entire you know, perspective on COVID, they don't, they don't get it. They, they don't realize that 19,000 patients in the aggregate is a, is a lot to gain when you're trying to put this into perspective from the 30,000 foot view. So, you know, you, you can't really get through to somebody's head. My, my cousin who still thinks she has COVID, I told her she should come in for an RPP and find out what she's got so we could treat it. No, she doesn't care because they have their own mindset. We still haven't learned in three years. And I write about that in the book too. If this happens again, I don't think we've learned a damn thing. No, we haven't. How quickly do you think people will be locked down again? I mean, when you like, I like the I like the name fiction because to me, that's all COVID was was misinformation. It was nothing but fiction. It was nothing but guesswork. It was all garbage, right? And it, I mean, just look at it, and you highlight you, you highlight the different things to the point where people were lysoling their food. <laughs> Yeah, I'm being very serious. Spraying Lysol all over your meat, like all over your chicken. People really did that and then washed their chicken off. Like you had you had people doing some crazy shit. And it was all because of this misinformation by these people like Dr. Fauci. You know who doesn't get enough blame? De Deborah Burks. Mm -hmm. Dr. Burks. She was she was really the early face of this thing. I mentioned her briefly in the book. Yeah, yeah I mean, but you look at all these people, and that's what started getting me really pissed off was like, how the hell am I more accurate? You know, how do I know more about this? How do I, how am I able to read the data? You know, I had people like you on. I listened to people like, you know, and listen to different doctors. I, you know what the biggest thing I did? What doctor was able to stay on my, my feed and what doctor got blocked? Right. Right. It was only one side. The other side got blocked. So that guy to me had to be correct. You know? So when you sit there and you go, the fiction, I think you highlighted the fiction of this thing, you know, plenty. Well, I'm so, getting beat up. 
Well, I mean, think about this though. I don't think you're getting beat up by anybody that's doing nothing but you know looking at the looking oh, at trolls. the cover. I, yeah. I, that's trolls. But I mean, you really think about it. What type, what levels of fiction really came at us to where it was nothing but scare tactics? So you had, I, I saw a poll one time where like it was fifty percent of Democrats thought that the death rate was like fifty percent. Yep. You know when when you have that level of misinformation being pushed on people. That to me, that's the, that's the scariest thing. We, that's the worst. We said originally in probably April, May of 2020, we, we started t- just to, uh, for your viewers again. We started testing on March 16th of 2020. That's when my perspective really started, and we didn't know we're messed up. You know, we're PPE going to people's houses, testing them outside on the porch. I read about it in the book because I want to put people in my mindset so they understand that hey, we took this thing very seriously, and we still do. COVID is very real. You know, and there's a whole story about where it came from and blah blah blah. We can get into that. I know later. exactly where it came from. I've well, been saying where it came. From for years. If you listen to the show, you know exactly where the hell we, we, came we from. know. I mean, we and we can chat about that. But the book doesn't get into conspiracy theory because I just wanted to give straight data to people. It's kind of funny when I get beat up by an internet troll who hasn't read one word of the book. They're just commenting on the cover. How could you bash a guy? I'm like, the book's not about Fauci. Well, then why would you put his face on? Because he's the face of COVID. You know, they, they just don't get it. And those are the people that will never read the book. They're just triggered by a cover. No, and they, they don't realize how much they've been lied to, right? So, like, put it this way. You were talking in one of the, one of the, one of the chapters where you had a hard time with your employees when all that started because their parents were putting a lot of pressure on them to you know not bring something home, sure. And it was probably people that thought everyone's going to die from it. You know, the thing that bothered me early was if you just tracked this thing coming out of China like I was, and mm-hmm. then it started ripping through Italy, you saw who it was killing. Sure, right? It was killing older people. It was killing you know people that typically were fatter, multiple you know. Um, it seemed like yeah, very. It, it was all the people that were taxing the. My conspiracy, <laughs> the healthcare system, that, that's who is really dying. But there's a thing. reason for that. But right? only 2% were dying, right? It's the, the, the of the reported rate, cases. The death rate has really come down to that of about the flu. It's about 0.01 to 0.02%. And it's always been that way. It's always been. We, but we predicted that in April, May of 2020. That was my original point when I started. So we started I testing. That shit in, in legit March. fucking January 31st of 2020. You can look at well, my Facebook page I, on that shit. I wanted to get my own data before oh, I, I know, yeah. you know, and so for me on, on April, on March 16th, when we started testing, it started coming like in waves. It was crazy because I was the only guy doing it. I was the first guy in New Jersey to do a test. So literally, I was like the only guy. I put it out there to a couple of municipalities. I had them calling me. Then word got out and it was like wildfire. I was like, it, it was like my testing swabs. I had to protect the stash. I think I wrote about that in the mm-hmm. book too. It was crazy. Those things were worth their weight in gold and, and nobody you get them had for them. A while. No, it was, it was absolutely nuts. I got 40 from the hospital one day and it was like, it was like a gold mine. It was like, holy shit. Thank God I can get to 40 more people. But I mean, we, we did look, we didn't charge people. We were just doing, you know, insurance based stuff. It was like, and we didn't make any money off these freaking things. I mean, you got to do a shit ton of them. We did, but we, you know, we could have been gouging the public. We didn't want to do that. We wanted to get real data. We wanted to understand this in totality, and we did not know. My first couple positives, we're looking at them, and we're kind of, you know, I'm calling them every day just to see where they're at. And you know, they're recovered in like two, three days, and you're like, okay, now what? And they would always ask me, now what? And I came up with the line. I think I told this to you earlier. I'd say, take a cruise. They're cheap. Yeah, I mean, that's right now, kind of like what I could think of. And they'd laugh and move on. And that was, they're like, is that it? And I'm like, I guess so. And Every single patient, you would start to tell the next grouping of patients what you're seeing with the previous group. Like, what do I expect next? Well, in, in my experience, you know, you're going to, once the fever breaks in two days, blah, 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 we would always have the same regimen. It was vitamin C, double dose of D, zinc, electrolytes, fluid. 
I had four patients out of 4,000 go to the hospital. That's it. So you would tell every group after the next what you've learned from the previous group. And it just kind of caught up. But you don't need a lot of linear data. You don't have to have years worth of data to figure out that people weren't dying from this thing. They were recovering. However, we did talk about this on your earlier show, that if you're in the pool of population that can die in the next five years, a cold can bring you down, a flu can bring you down, COVID can bring you down, any respiratory path. And there's a reason why COVID was so bad in the beginning. And there's two real reasons. One, it was novel. And I always equate that to if you and I were to go to a, an island in the South Pacific and hug the indigenous people that have never met anybody on the planet before, they'd all start to catch stuff and die off because we're immune to a lot of things they've never seen. So novelty is huge. But the biggest reason why people died was we didn't know how to fucking treat it. Oh, we still don't know how to fucking treat well, it. Well, we kind of do. We eh. figured it out pretty quick. Eh. Certain people did. Hospitals didn't. Hospitals were still using that fucking resdemivir shit that was killing Rem- everybody. Remdesivir. Remde- whatever the fuck its name is. It's, it's, it, it, it was killing people. Flu protocol flares COVID up. Vents were, we were venting. I don't want to say we were, you know, doctors get very sensitive about this, but we were definitely venting people too early. Way too early, way too long. And they, they were just killing everybody. There's a, there's a term for it. It's called bucking the vent. A lot of, a lot of people in healthcare have, have talked about this and how they'll never forget. And don't get me wrong, the, the healthcare workers, you got to hand it to them. Uh, they're heroes through this. The nurses that were going to work every day, not knowing what to expect, being forced to do things that they weren't sure was going to work. Um, they're they're traumatized. I mean, the healthcare industry. And I think it, a lot of people know that they killed a lot of people. I think if you work in that industry, you have a unbelievable guilt that you'll never discuss and never talk about because you know deep down inside you failed a lot of people. Now I, they they saved a lot of people too. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash them, but I really think that this was a this was a failure of people being threatened and told how they have to treat everybody. You can't... It, let's imagine, That's what they did. I imagine I'm talking to Kelly or another healthcare worker and they're listening to this podcast and I know what they're going to say. You're saying you can't say... Because they didn't really know. You know, they didn't know. When you're being told this is our protocol... They're going to go along with the protocol. Uh, and that's why I didn't blame them. Well, you the know what CDC I'm dictated that protocol. Yeah, so if you really want the buck to stop somewhere, look at the CDC, look at Anthony Fauci, look at the folks that were, that were designing the protocol. We figured out pretty quickly that that protocol wasn't working. And yeah, it was killing people. Um, now you don't see people dying, but the majority of people that are dying now are fully vaxxed. You know, I dealt with that. Uh, th- th- this, th- and that was kind of... <laughs> Yeah, perspective is so important. I wish like I could plug all your listeners into my brain so they had the same thousands of conversations. I had four thousand conversations with four thousand positive patients. You know, hey Mike, you know you you came back positive. How you feeling today? Recording your symptoms, figuring it out. And it's funny, the first couple hundred of them were I don't understand. How am I positive? I was masked the whole time. You're rolling your eyes in your head. Then then a year later, it was I don't understand how I'm positive. I was fully vaxxed, and you're rolling your eyes in your head again because you got the idiot moron on TV saying if you get the vaccine, you can't give it, and you can't. Get it? Okay. Can't get it. Fucking lie. That's you, another reason you become why. Become a dead end to the virus if you get vaccinated. Well, that and saying that it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated it was just com- blatantly you winter. Know- winter death. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? And by the way, I, I didn't want to. I don't want to make it sound like I'm blaming nurses and shit like that. I really think that they. When I said they have a guilt, I think they knew they were. I think there was a lot of nurses that said this is not going to work. We are killing people. And then they were forced to really do it. And I think that's the type of stuff where if you really get down to it, deep down inside a lot of their heads, they know 
a lot of what they were being told now was false. Because there's a lot there's a lot that's been exposed yeah, with this thing. But you man. got you got two halves to that, Mike. You got the nurses that get it, that that understand that have listened to your show and have looked at the data, have read my book, whatever. They're oh, on then, yeah, the other they're ones, on yeah. our side of the fence that 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 looked at the data, analyzed it and said, Okay, I can change, you know, my protocols based on whatever. And then you've got the people that are it's that cognitive distortion. We talk about it all the time. They bought a car, you know, you knew it was gonna be a piece of shit, but you wanted to spend all your money on the car. It's a fucking lemon but now you want to tell everybody how wonderful it is it's it's that cognitive distortion you see it nowadays so you have i have doctor friends nurse friends that you know all of a sudden a, a new vaccine will come out for infants and they're rushing out to get it and you're going are you fucking serious have you have you any have you seen have you paid attention to any of this news have you paid attention to the data covid is not that bad why are you rushing out your five-year-old kid to get a vaccine when you know kids are they, they flake this off like absolutely it, nothing it didn't affect kids at all i mean we have we have well documented data in that. So this that's the part that drives me crazy is like this fiction was so strong that they they told these people such lies for so long that people have no idea anything, right? Including the fact that this didn't affect children. This it's well documented it really didn't affect children, right? The flu kills more more kids a year. So when you well, whatever you want to say. No, 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 you're you're right. It's it's you know, it's, it's to in, me it's, in the aggregate because it's been around longer and yeah, yeah, yeah. But. And what you're saying is it, it's the truth because you you have a you have a, a population that is so been so indoctrinated to not have any idea what the hell to believe anymore, mm -hmm. right? And there's certain people out there, like even in the healthcare field, because I talk to a bunch of them. Um, that they will defend everything that they've ever done right. Right, through the entire thing. It's like, come on, you have to know that you you guys are misleading people. You know, if someone like me could be yelling from the yelling from my shed, this is this is wrong, and then I'm proving right over and over and over yeah. and over again. You have to realize when you're being bullshitted and you and when you're not. But the sad part is. I, I still think a large majority of people have no idea. Let's talk about that. You know, and there, there's a reason, though. You got to get down to the, the nitty gritty. You know, you're talking about follow the money. I could give you the trail. It's pretty easy because the hospitals were talking. They were they were actually asking people upon discharge whether they've been vaccinated, and they were told to offer that to each patient. And the majority of the population that worked at the hospital had to have the vaccine as well. Do you know why? Because the government, Medicare, was going to refuse claims if they mm -hmm. didn't have a certain patient population vaccinated or, or worker population vaccinated. So the hospital got on board and said, okay, you know, we, we, they're the biggest payer. Medicare is the biggest payer. So they, they all went down the line and said, okay, we're going to force this to all of our people. And then once Medicare kind of gave up because people started realizing the vaccine doesn't fucking work and they were going to have a, a riot on their hands. Uh, they, they stopped doing it. Now the hospital does not ask patients whether they've had the vaccine or whether they want the vaccine. The yeah, I mean, think about changed. it. That's why they were treating people with resdemivir, right? Because it was a couple thousand dollar treatment. I, didn't get, I don't get into that. See, I do. I went down all these rabbit holes. Yeah. So like, you want to get into the money? You could, get, you could really get into the money. How much money do you think COVID made? Trillions of dollars? Oh, it, it was the biggest wealth transfer in the history of this country. In the history of this country. It's, it's funny. You know, we worked our asses off and we got stiffed by the government. They told us we were going to get paid on all of those un, un, uninsured people, the Medicaid people, the underinsured. We didn't get paid on anything. Uh, I think we. I think I wrote in the book, we got under $10,000 for anything from the CARES Act until they finally said, stop billing. We ran out of money. We did thousands upon thousands of free tests. And I still have to pay my staff. And I still pay payroll taxes. They're out of money, but we still have a whole shitload of COVID money yeah, that we didn't spend. Exactly. I'd like to get paid. I mean, we, our company got screwed. You know who got paid? I guarantee you Pfizer got paid. I guarantee oh, you Moderna got paid. You know what's funny? I think I told you this, and I hate- Mode I RNA. It's just in their fuck. They, brand new company. Did I tell you what the, the, what the stock symbol is for Moderna? No. It's mRNA. Yeah. 
I had no idea until like a year and a half into mode, the pandemic. Mode RNA. Uh-huh. Moderna. That's, yeah, it's mRNA. mRNA is their stock symbol, though. I just thought yeah. it was ironic when I looked Moderna it up. That's what Moderna is. Because I was looking it up. It started at like 35 bucks and went up to $400 a share. I mean, holy crap, man. I mean, a lot. Of, yes, a lot of people made a lot of money off COVID. At, yeah. at the expense of scaring the shit out of seniors and parents and having kids out of school and the suicide Everybody. rate going through the roof. That's why in April of 2020, I was arguing with my nurse friends because they're at the hospital seeing doom and gloom. And they're telling me about they're telling me stories of people getting put in body bags. I know you hear the popping. It's okay. We can drive me fucking crazy. We can, we, can, we can talk around the popping. <laughs> but they're telling me stories of doom and gloom. You got to remember, I'm going to people's homes and testing guys like you who are going, dude, I don't feel well today. Can you come over and do a test? And I'm calling them the next day saying you have COVID. Then I'm following up with that patient and I'm calling them for the next two days. And I'm, how you, how you feeling? I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty good today. The fever broke and I'm feeling pretty good. And, you know, the next day you're out running a mile and you're going, okay, now multiply that by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of patients. So I'm t- talking to healthcare workers that are telling me stories about putting people in body bags and I'm going, you don't understand what I'm seeing. I'm seeing everybody has this and everybody's recovering quite nicely. No one's going on a van, going to the hospital, dying. Don't get me wrong. I had a few, you know, friends of this one, that one that, you know, didn't make it, but they weren't my direct patients. Out of 4,000 positive patients, we did not lose one patient. Four of them went to the hospital. I'm sorry. A fifth one went with no need. He got, he was so scared of the anxiety, he went to the hospital. And, and that's uh, what happened. They scared the shit out of a lot well, of people. He called me like a day later and he goes, I went, but they told me I didn't need to be there. I'm like, yeah, I told you, you didn't need to be there. Yeah. And uh, he was totally fine. And the four that went were ones that, you know, get tired. They didn't take care of themselves. They got dehydrated and, and, and they were on the mend shortly thereafter. But this thing did not kill people the way the government was telling you it was killing people. It didn't kill people. You want to get into another one? Ready? It didn't kill people the way they thought they designed it to kill people. Okay, I will make that claim. You don't have to back up some of the crazy shit that I say, Mike. But I'm just saying, they, if if we're going to admit, like, just I always take a take a look like this: is this beyond the realm of human possibility, right? If I tell you you could make a trillion dollars, a trillion dollars, okay, all you had to do was create a virus, release the virus. Create the only possible solution that's going to be forced on with all government money to make a trillion dollars. And all you had to do is create a virus and release a virus. I'm in. Would you do it? <laughs> I'm being serious. Yeah. I would. I would do it in a second. I would. And then if I, then if I sat back and I go, okay, so what are the benefits of this? Because all the governments seem like they're involved in it, right? Oh, well, they've saved millions and millions and millions of dollars on all the, you know, the Medicaid and all the, all the socialized governments out there. They saved a lot of money because they killed all those people off. See, you go down the rabbit hole. I do go fine. crazy. And I go crazy. It, it, and we can talk about it offline. I'll talk about it on air. But just so, you know, your viewers, your listeners. Your, realize, bu- your book has nothing to do with Nothing this. to do with yeah, that. Nothing. I don't I don't talk about one conspiracy. All I do is That's lay I out. I, I will do no, it. No, no, no. It's yeah. fine. But. <laughs> I wanted this to be above board because you got to realize I'm doing a lot of interviews. I'm doing national television. I'm doing a ton of a ton of media, and the media wants. To, I did not want the book to be that type of book. I wanted the book to be straight data about what we saw. Let the viewers and listeners judge for themselves. Here's the perspective of a guy who tested 19,000 patients, did 44,000 tests over three years. A lot of horizontal data over the same people for years and years and years. Here's what we saw. Here's what. Here's how testing works. My cousin who called the other day does not even understand how a fucking test works. We're three years into this. If you're that scared of this thing killing you, you think you would understand language, the difference between testing, timelines of a virus. I explain all that in the book because still to this day in three years... 
people don't know that. They'd rather be scared. I guess so. They'd rather be ignorant and scared than actual like do, than 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 do that. And, and your book does that. I mean, I get into the crazy stuff, you know, because I have. I've gone down the, the rabbit hole. I watched the Chinese video of them going into the the cave to where the horseshoe bat was in 2014. They were celebrating the fact that they were doing gain of function research and working with the Americans in 2014. I seen the damn video. Yeah. Well, I, right? worry, I worry that you thought my book might be a little boring because, you know, this no, it is was, stuff. So, like, I liked your book I liked because it was it didn't have a lot. It didn't have any of that bullshit. It had a lot of stories of, like, like this. Like, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, what were some of the crazier, stupid shit that you heard fiction-wise that people were afraid of, right? So, you 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 spoke about yet your, your two employees, the one that took the whole year off, yeah. right? What, what do you, like, what did she say to you? That you were like, where are you getting this from? Like, what were some of the, you know, like, if a patient, if you said, hey, you're COVID positive, like, did you get some, like, just whacked out fucking questions about, like, you know, all the fiction that these people b were believing? Well, you know it, what I'm talking it about? It was a lot of nonsense. I mean, look, first of all, you know, the mask, that was just the second dumbest thing I've ever seen in my lifetime. We've talked about it on your show, I talk about it in the book. It's not just about the PP and the mask and the hazmat suits. I mean, the, the nutty shit that people did. It's a fucking virus. You're wearing gloves all day, duh. You don't wash the gloves, but you're wearing gloves. I mean, what are you fucking doing? Um, there was a lot of that stupid Trying to put shit. a lot of bacteria in your system is what well, you're trying to do. Yeah, and that's what the mask did. But, uh -huh. you know, it's it, these people just never got it. And, it, like, it, with, with Alexa, who didn't come to work, I mean, God love her. She's a sweet she's a sweet kid, and she worked for me for, like, three years, and now she's, she's off doing something else. Uh, and she's still great friends of the office. Her parents were legit scared. They didn't want her going to work because they didn't know she they didn't want her going to test COVID patients. You know, that's what I heard all that. We don't, we don't want you going to testing COVID patients. I'm like, what do you mean COVID patients? These are people. That That's what they became, COVID people, you know? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you were a zombie. Remember the hush? Does he have COVID? Remember that? It was <laughs> yeah. My friend Jim, and I wrote about him. I don't mention him by name, and now he's going to get mad at me. But I mentioned him in the book because he's he's a guy to call. He's a good friend of mine. He called me one day. We're out at the beach, and he called me, and he goes, "Dude, I got to talk to you. I got a rash on my leg." And I'm like, "End." And he goes, "Do you think it could be COVID?" COVID. <laughs> so I had him on the phone with one of our practitioners, and we're, we're laughing. But you know, he's a great guy. He went to the hospital with cellulitis on his leg. It had nothing to do with COVID. Yeah. But people thought everything in the world was COVID. Did you try? You ever fucking remember trying to cough or sneeze in a oh fucking restaurant God, when they first opened restaurants? Again, if you had a sneeze in a restaurant, that was like you had to do the one where it was like, <laughs> yeah. fucking all, you know, your eyes almost pop out well, of your head trying to hold it in. You know, for me, I traveled every. I opened my office in Key West in November of 2020. I was on a plane every single day, mm -hmm. so there was me and like six other people on every plane. It was awesome. The airport was empty, places to park. I could get in and out like nothing. I was the only guy on the plane. It was fucking great. I loved to travel. In fact, I wish we had COVID now because now I can't get on a flight. I'm getting bombed. It's delayed. It sucks. <laughs> You know, it's like I had my own little dude, world. Traffic was fucking awesome. Oh, dude, I was. I remember when. They, remember, I was an essential employee. Yeah, yeah, I was essential. Well, I'm, amazed, I'm a, I'm a hardscaper. Well, I, I was testing. I was, a, I was a fucking. I was essential. testing COVID people. <laughs> I mean, it was like you know. But I'm talking people off a ledge every single night. You know, it's and the ones that drove me nuts are like the guys that would call and go, "I was exposed to someone who was exposed to someone who was." Ex and you're like, "Are you fucking serious?" Like you and I always Contact talk about tracing. This. Well, kind of, they, yeah. they, oh, come on. But when you, you, when I, you hear the government's going to start contact tracing, and they're going to get in touch with everybody that you ever spoke to, yep. and then they spoke to, and what then a, they spoke What to. a breach of privacy that oh was. Oh, my God. And people were for it. Oh, we got to do this. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, no, I was at a party, and I was exposed to yeah. someone who was there, and they wanted to know everybody who was at I the told party. told my friends, if you ever... 
give my name to anybody. I'm never talking <laughs> to you. I gave ever your again. name like, every time. Every time, I bet. That's why I got I so gave, many damn calls. Yeah, I, I, every single patient, like four thousand patients. I said, let him know you're with Mike Calderese. Yep. You, you were listening to his. Sh- that's the kind of shit you would get though. I was listening to a podcast where a guy had coat. You're like, really? You can't catch a fucking disease through whatever. And the, man, the amount of podcasts that started going like you know only Zoom and they stopped meeting yeah. in person. Like, these are your friends. Like me and Jay. Like when we, we do the show, and he's like, yo, man, just so you know, I'm like coughing and shit. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Let's go. We're doing the show. You feel good enough to do it? Yeah, let's go. Dude, I, I have it. Even now, well, it's funny how it changed dramatically in three years to the point now where I had a, my friend Paul wasn't feeling well a couple weeks ago. And, and Paul Paul gotten pretty sick over the last couple of years, not due to COVID with some other health concerns. He's one of my best friends. He wasn't feeling well about maybe four weeks ago. And I was going to a meeting in Pennsylvania and uh, he was going to be there. And I, I said, what's wrong? He starts telling me his symptoms. And I go, well, you have, let me do a respiratory pathogen panel. Let's, it warrants it. Let's see what you got. So I did it, and uh, I, I read at the restaurant before everybody showed up. I swabbed his nose, and waiters looking over like, what are you doing? they didn't care, whatever. Let me get it done. Uh, next day, I called him. I said, guess what? He said, what? I go, you got fucking COVID. He goes, really? I go, yeah. Like three years earlier, he'd be begging me for a freaking swab up the nose. Now he's just like, oh, I can't believe I had that. And I said, and he's, well, he was symptomatic. So I said, and you have a co-infection. I said, you read the book, right? He goes, yeah. I said, cover to cover. He goes, yeah. I go, well, what was the most common co-infection? He's, and he was trying to think real hard. And he goes, I don't remember what was it. I go, it was a staff. Most people who were sick had COVID and staff, and he had COVID and staff. And his doctor was very concerned, so he treated the staff infection because, like I said, he got very sick about a year prior to that due to a staff infection. And uh, he's feeling fine now. But now you just wouldn't know. Um, my cousin who's on the rapid test, she could have a freaking cold. There's seven different coronaviruses yeah. that can activate that rapid test. And Dr. Fauci found out that really during the Spanish flu in, in 1918, they were dying of bacterial pneumonia. Yeah. And, and not, not really the flu because we... We did the autopsies. Well, if you tested every single person in New Jersey, I know we do this podcast in New Jersey, and I want to be cognizant of, you know, everybody around the world can hear this, but we live in New Jersey. There's 8.9 million people in our population. We're very densely populated. If you tested every single person in March of 2020, you would have found out that everybody fucking had this Everybody thing. probably had it, yeah. But you remember this. Now here, and here's something we can get down the rabbit hole on. While they were in their houses hiding scared, they were still catching it. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, right? unbelievable. But let, let's how go did it explode when we all went to hiding? I wonder. If you want to go down <laughs> the rabbit hole, I will tell you how it disappeared. Yeah, let's go. Okay, because it's really simple. It has to do with testing and how I, it disappeared. You, and it has to do with testing. Has and it I, modified at all? No. And, and I, let's we'll get into okay, yeah. we'll get into that. So it has to no. do with testing. Go ahead. If you all right in the beginning of COVID, it was no symptom, no test. You had to have a cough, fever, shortness yep. of breath. That's a medical necessity. Then they did the CARES Act, which anybody could get a COVID test at any time for free. And that's where I get upset with. I never got fucking paid, but hey, whatever. You got it for free. Um, you could get a test anytime. So when you tested everybody on the planet, you realized, well, everybody in the country, you realized everybody fucking had it. The numbers went through the roof. And all of a sudden, we had an epidemic of mass proportion. Holy shit. And they were running it so many cycles at that, too, at that point, too. Yeah. They're running it at 42 cycles. Well, my lab does 36, and I can explain that. And we should explain that. That is very important, but we really need to explain that because if you run it at 36, and I only need nine copies of a virus at the 36 level, it's logarithmic, not linear. Should we get into that really quick? Well, I think my my um, my audience knows it, but yeah, let's get into it. All right, because it's it's really that I, I heard it from the guy who inv- invented the PCR test. Okay, he said, so if you run enough cycles, you can really find anything. Yeah, uh, yes body. and no. Poly- polymerase chain reaction is is how we test. This is the only appropriate way to test for COVID. Okay, and it's the the cycles aren't uh, linear. The the sensitivity is logarithmic. So in other words, it doesn't go one two three four five. The sensitivity goes level one, then it goes by the tenth power. So one ten a hundred a thousand times the original sensitivity. Every time you run. 
run a 10, cycle, 000, it, it doubles, right? 100, it, well, it's by 10. So okay. 10,000, 100,000, million, 10 million, 100 million, billion, 10 billion, 100 billion, trillion, all the way to level 36. So that, put it in perspective. Looking for COVID at level one is like looking for COVID on my cell phone. Looking for COVID at level 36 is like looking for COVID in the solar system. If you're looking for COVID at the solar system level, it only takes nine copies of a virus to tell me it's in your system, it's replicated, and it's bound, and you have it. The, the difference is... When you come in, so the higher the CT value, the lower the viral load you have. Anybody who came in asymptomatic, level 27 through 36, never had a fucking symptom, okay? But if you, were, if you caught it at level 18 or 19, you had, you had symptoms, and you can see this. It was direct correlation. The lab would, would run two cycles, uh, two, two so testing lower, values. So lower the cycles, more the symptoms. Lower the, lower the cycles, the more virus you had. The higher the cycles, the of less course, virus yep, you have. Because you found it quicker. Because you, you correct. Yep. You had to have more sensitivity to to see it. So you could see this, and this is the kind of data that I have, and that's why it's important that I understand it from a very different perspective than most people. Even the guy at the fucking urgent care who just does rat, they don't have a clue as to how any of this works. So when I would have a cop call me and say, dude, I'm missing overtime, what the fuck, I don't have a symptom, I'm like, dude, it, you have it, it's in your system. Oh, can I come back for a test tomorrow? Sure, come back for a confirmatory test, call them the next day, you're still positive. And they don't believe it because they don't have symptoms. I have to then explain to them, you're in the norm. That was the norm, 90% of my positive patients never had a symptom or they had a very mild something like a headache or fatigue. And it's interesting because like to, to hammer down this point, like you were testing people that A, were coming to you saying, I feel sick, right? So you're testing that group and then you were also testing just the same population over and over to see if they Correct. had Correct. So, so understand this. If so they, that's, that's important. If, if they had a symptom, I could run a, a respiratory pathogen panel. That is where I'm checking everything, okay? Yep. Those people who were sick usually had COVID and something else. COVID and staph, COVID and H flu, COVID and RSV, COVID and Meroxella, Keterat, and go on and on and on. They had a secondary infection, the sick ones. The ones who I was going to in the police department, and I'm going, I'm calling 10 cops, and I'm, I have to convince nine of them they're positive because they think it's a false positive. You cannot get a false positive on a PCR. You just can't. I can test that guy over and over and over, five tests the next day or two, and they're all going to come back positive. Well, I could test five other people, and they're all going to come back negative. It's the same guy who's positive, who has it. The signal is there. It's positive. Just because you don't have a symptom doesn't mean you don't have COVID. What I'm telling you is, and I put this in perspective to my immunologist, I said to him after doing a 1,000 of these, I said, hey, I wonder how many asymptomatic flus are out in the world. That's, that's our band name. Think Remember, we asymptomatic spoke about flus? Yeah, we, we, asymptomatic flu. That's, my, that's but our think, band name. But think about it. Put that in perspective. If you tested everybody in the country during flu season, you'd find a shit ton of flu. You mm -hmm. just didn't know you had it. We always would say, you and I, a virus so deadly, you have to you know, test to see if you have it. But if you understand that perspective, that it's in your system, it's bound, it just hasn't replicated to the point where it's destroying your mitochondria because you're relatively healthy, you're working out, you're sleeping, you're eating vitamins, whatever the hell it is. Most people did not get a symptom. The most common symptom of COVID is a headache. It's a headache, yeah. And it has to do with hemoglobin uptake issues and all that stuff. Yep. But people don't understand that because they would say to me, I still have people today. And I'm like, all the information is right here in this freaking book, 170 pages. You will understand COVID in totality and you will never be fooled again because you will understand it in totality. I still have people I talk to at dinner. Oh, my husband had it, but I never got it. I'm like, was he symptomatic? They're like, yeah. I go, you had it. They're like, no, I would know. I go, look, 100% of the time when I tested a household, if somebody was symptomatic, everybody Everyone in the house had it. 100% yeah. of the time. Multiple, 441 home, home, home visits that we did. 
out of that data set 100% of the time. That's pretty fucking good data. Mm -hmm. That's 441 sample size, in a, you know, and then you multiply that and you expound that out for all the other stuff that we did. But that is a pretty good data set to say that if you had it in somebody's household, everybody's going to have that, you fucking had it. Mm -hmm. So people would say to me, no, I would know because I never had a symptom. Now I have to come back with the phrase, that's the norm. They don't. They come back with no, no, no. You don't understand. I never had a symptom. I go, no, you don't understand. You're yeah. not listening to me. Everybody, That's yeah. the fucking norm. They don't understand what the norm means. Like you're in the norm of the population that didn't have a symptom. The ninety percent that they don't get they it. Don't get you're it. constantly trying to explain this. That's if why somebody... those numbers were so skewed. That's why when I was saying the death rate is so low, that they're saying the death rate's two percent, but that's out of the known tested population. Right. Right? How many people had it, never got tested for no reason? Like Correct. me, how many times did I get it? I never got tested. I never had a test, never got a vaccine, never had that fucking thing stuck in my nose. Never. See, but it, it, when, and this is, and I, I, I get, get You were mad at me because well, I'm, I, I'm hurting data points. Well, it, it is important. Testing is the, look, I, I commend you for not getting the vaccine. You know why people ask me, did you get the vaccine? I say, no, I'm not a fucking idiot. And, and you know, it's funny from people who get it, they, they look at that answer and they're like, what did I, you know that I didn't know. I'm like, well, I just did this for a living. Maybe you should have listened to somebody like me instead of friggin' CNN. But testing is important. Because you could at least come back and say, okay, I had it three times and I was asymptomatic three times. So, you know, it, it just goes to the full data set, which but, is why. But there's also negatives to it because you said the testing is one of the reasons why COVID went away. Well, now let me explain that. Yep. So this is, why, this is what I was getting into. You want to make COVID go away? It's really simple. You give a test to anybody who wants one at any time and you can detect all of these patients around the world that have COVID. All of a sudden... You get rid of testing because right now this, the, um, what do you call it, the CARES Act? The CARES Act does not exist anymore. So in other words, you cannot get a test whenever you want. You have to have a classic symptom just like in the beginning of this thing. So in the very beginning. So we're, we're all the way we circled back to you have to actually have symptoms. We did a full okay. 360. We're all the way back to the beginning now. We're all the way, we're all the way back and we haven't Jeez. started the cycle. We're not, we're not venting patients anymore though, right? We, we, didn't, we didn't go, we didn't revert back. Well, well this is what I'm talking about. So uh, two things. One, the reason why COVID disappeared, one is the, the advent of the rapid test, okay? In contrast to what we just talked about, the nine copies of a virus, and you can detect it at the mi most minute level on a PCR, you need, on a rapid test, 10 to the 6th to 10 to the 9th power of virus. So what does that mean? Instead of nine copies, I need 9 million to 9 billion to turn that rapid card blue, okay? You, in other words, you need a shit ton of virus to turn a rapid positive, uh, a, a rapid test, a, a rapid antigen test. So... If that rapid comes back positive, you are definitely positive. The caveat to that is for something, because a rapid test can turn positive for any coronavirus, including the common cold. So definitively, it gives me zero uh, on, a rapid, on a rapid positive, but on a negative, it gives me even less. And you asked me about one of the dumb things I saw. Mm. We would get somebody who would come in for a COVID test. They'd come back positive. Now, which I know is 100% accurate, you're positive, unless you got spillover at the lab or you got you know, a contaminated sample, and I could do his repeat test and come back, you got two PCRs, you're positive. That moron would run off to Walgreens to get a home test, oh, get a home test. and get a negative and say, nope, I'm negative, I'm good, I'm going back to work. I'm like, no, you're fucking positive. You're a moron. For <laughs> you know, They would just get the result they wanted. So number one, to get rid of COVID, rapid test. You give a rapid test to every single person in the country, eight per household, none of those get reported. Okay, in in my world, <clears throat> when my lab gets a rap, when, that's a good point. Yeah, so none of them they get thrown away. It's a little card. Well, no, you're not calling yeah. the the county health department saying I'm yep. positive. I want to contact trace with my friends. <laughs> you're not doing that. 
<laughs> but when my lab gets a positive result, by law, they have to report to the state. So the state has that number. The county has that number. And all those little, you know, if you're looking up the numbers of how many positives, that was pretty accurate in the beginning. Once you, once you do give everybody a home test, nobody's reporting that. So the numbers you see right now are a microcosm of what's out there. Because it is, we're actually having a freaking wave right now. Nobody mm -hmm. knows about it. We're not talking about it. Because it's not politically expedient to talk about it right now. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. The rapid test was the, the start to the end of COVID because you're not reporting numbers. When you have no numbers to report, you have no narrative to talk about. Wave of vaccinated people, by the way. I'm sorry? It's a wave of vaccinated people getting it. Uh, it well, the majority of the country is vaccinated, so by, so by definition, yeah, exactly. yes. And that was, I just like pointing that out because, you know, I was saying this ain't going to work. You know, what I, you know what I realized it wasn't going to work? I actually took a look at the mRNA studies mm -hmm. of the last four or five years that they've been doing mRNA trials. And every single time, every single study... Whatever patient got it when they were reintroduced a year later to the live virus, they got a worse worse case of it. Yeah, they got so. reinfected, and they got a worse case of it, and, then, and the death rate increased after the second infection than the first infection. So my hypothesis came true, and it was a guess, uh, but it was a pretty um, – it, it was a pretty – uh, educated guess because you have a lot of data to be messing around. With. Yes, it was an educated guess. I think I'm not what sure. What was the hypothesis? That, well, I don't know if I talked about it on your show two years ago, but I called my immunologist one day, and I said uh, his name is uh, Doctor. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say his name now because I'm going to get him in trouble. But I called him up. Uh, he's a great friend. He's an Indian guy. He's got an accent. And I love talking to him because I always try to like listen very carefully to understand exactly what he's because he's really smart, but I have to understand him through the accent, which yeah. is fun. He's a great guy. And I called him up one day and I said, I have a hypothesis I want to run by you. And uh, he said, okay. I said, if you've never had COVID before and you get a, a shot and all of a sudden you get a small inflammatory reaction and we can get into that, then you get another shot, then you get a booster, you get an inflammatory reaction from all three of these shots, then you catch COVID, could you theoretically be worse from the, and he stopped me and said, from the cytokine storm. And I said, yeah, from the cytokine storm. And he goes, that's a great hypothesis. And he goes, how'd you come up with that? I said, well, it's simple. I said, you can get COVID, you know, from, the, you know, after the shot. You, the, the myth is, and they were telling everybody, you're not going to be as sick if you get the shot. That was a myth. We told everybody that two years ago on your show. And it's now really easy to make that fucking claim, though, too, because no, like you said, nobody got sick from it. Well, not Correct. nobody. The vast majority, ninety percent, didn't get sick. So Correct. you could always. It was so easy to make that claim of, Correct. oh, well, you're not going to get it really bad because the majority of people didn't anyway. You you are right on the the. You hit the nail on the head because that's what a lot of my patients would say. They'd say, yeah, I got it, but I wasn't that bad. And I go, no, you were just as not bad as all the patients I had before you before. who were unvaccinated. <laughs> you're just not getting it because you don't see what I see. You're blinded by the fucking scared tactics they're using. I saw it right in front of me every single day, calling those 10, 15, 25 patients every single night. Hey, Mike Calderese, Mike from My Wellness, blah, blah, blah. I got a positive result. How you feeling? I'm recording all that. And, and that's why we, we knew that 90% of the people weren't sick or, or they were mild at best. You know, I got a headache. I'm just a little fatigued. And then a couple of days later, they're fine. So then a year later, when you're we're talking to somebody said, yeah, I got COVID, but I had the shot. So it wasn't as bad as everybody else. You're going, no, you were in the norm in the of what norm. everybody else saw. Congratulations. They just weren't getting and hey, it. Maybe it did help those people. I'm not saying it absolutely didn't help those people. Maybe it did. Maybe they would have got a worse strain of it. But it, it, all I'm saying is not, I, not according to the data. Yeah. Trust me, I'm just trying to play the, the, the right. middle card here, okay? Uh, you, everyone knows my full belief of this shit, but I'm just saying, let's just assume that maybe, you know, it kind of did. All I was saying, it was so easy to make the claim because it wasn't hurting. It was, it was the majority of people didn't have any symptoms, I, so it's I, easy to make these claims. I it's never, easy to say it's effective in stopping the virus if 
the virus isn't hurting that many people. I never like to use myself as a data point because it's biased, right? But well, you I were, can... though, a little bit because I remember you were trying to wait to see. You. I had a natural infection. I know I was tested. When am I going to get it again? We had that conversation, well, and that... then you texted me and said, well, apparently you can get it again if you if you had an actual infection. I remember, was, well, I remember us talking we about that. We didn't know. Yeah, you didn't and... know at the time, and then you texted me later. It can't happen. I got it in, um, in January, end of January, early February of 2020, and I was holy shit sick. I was sick for like four Bad. weeks. I was too, yeah. I had a cough. I thought it was the worst flu I ever had. It was COVID. I'd lost my ever. taste and smell, all that stuff. Then I, I didn't catch it again for eight, uh, 19 months. And I did not have, and this is, goes back to data, I did not have a repeat patient out of my entire patient population repeat positive for at least 18 months. Then I had one. Then I had two. Then it was five. Then it was 10. Then it was 20. Then it was like, okay, now we're starting to see. So we thought that natural immunity lasted for 18 months. Then all of a sudden, two months after that, new infection all of a sudden we had people testing positive two to three months all of a sudden we had people testing positive again and that was the omicron strain that you heard about um, yep but what happens it's is funny how it hasn't gone past omicron well no it has they're just oh, yeah? giving it uh numbers now and letters <laughs> so that you know we're not talking delta the s strain yes. is it and that was another funny thing I, I one lady uh, like a year ago and she tested positive and i said you came back positive for covid19 she goes the og and I go, what are you talking about? She goes, the original COVID-19, not not Delta or Omicron. I have COVID-19. I go, they're all COVID-19. They're all COVID-19. I got like, news for you. I'm like, you want to stop from laughing, but you're like, you, you really? like Slight, and slight differences in the spike protein. But, that's, that's, but yes. <laughs> that's basically and, and, it. And that is why every time I had one of these conversations, I'm like, I really got to write this book. I really, and I've been trying to write this for years. I just I had to sit down and my dad passed away in the middle of it. And it was like, you know, I just, Sorry, uh, it happens. I, I miss my dad tremendously, but I immortalize him in the book. Um, it, it just took a while to get all this out. I was so busy doing what I was doing. But I would have this conversation every freaking day. People don't understand. We talked about it on your show two years ago. People don't understand the difference between isolation and quarantine. They don't understand the difference between testing, which we just went over. You, you, I get on those rapid tests. I get less information on a negative rapid test than I do on a positive. At least on a positive, I know you have something. But on a negative, you don't know shit. And by the way, the last point we were trying to make about how you make COVID go away, Mike, it's really simple. The first was the advent of the rapid test because, again, those numbers don't get reported. You don't have people to report to. You don't have a narrative to talk about. No more ticking screen of people dying and how many are infected and how right. many positive cases today. Because the numbers aren't accurate. They're skewed. But the real, the real kicker to it, once you do the rapid test, once, once you, the, 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 even eight to a household started it, the real kicker was once the CARES Act expired. Because once you tell someone you cannot get a COVID test whenever you want, you have to be sick with a cough, a fever, or shortness of breath. You can't just go and get a test. You can't walk into my office anymore. I can't test those same uh, the horizontal data, the school systems, the police departments, all those people. Yeah, they're that not were, testing anymore. They're not testing anymore. So you don't know what's out there floating around unless you have a classic symptom. And that, like I said, cough, fever, or shortness of breath are the only thing that qualify for a respiratory pathogen panel. And I said three years ago, one day COVID is just going to be another thing on my respiratory pathogen panel. And exactly, that's exactly where we are today. So unless you have a symptom, I don't know if you freaking have it. You can come into me tomorrow and say, dude, I just don't feel right. I got a lot of headaches going. I could look at you in your eyes and go, you probably have COVID, but I can't test you for it legally. So guess what? No more numbers, no more narrative. COVID's bye-bye. And now yep. you got, you know, oh, Joe Biden solved the problem. Oh, COVID is over. Yeah, COVID's definitely over. Thank God. I mean, thank God Biden, man. Mm. He just, he really, he came in there, he cured cancer. 
Right? Didn't he say he cured cancer and, <laughs> and, and COVID? Said. And I'm yeah. not going down a conspiracy hole no, rabbit. I, you know, I gave him credit for, for curing cancer. I am just telling you the <laughs> facts about what we are allowed to do as a, as a practice and what the numbers, are, how it reflects the numbers. That's it. So what I like is, so if you look at some of the chapters of this book, right? What I really like is how you kind of put it together. You know, you have chapter, chapter one, your perspective. It kind of gives you your background. You know, first day of testing. Talk, I like, so when you get into the testing, there was a... There was a conspiracy theory that was floating around about about testing. If you look at when that Chinese billionaire donated all those tests, COVID skyrocketed, and then the CDC came out and said that the COVID original COVID tests were were tainted with the virus. But they were. They messed with it. But they 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 came out and said that right. So, but I I, I just remember all this stuff. But they, they I, and I'm not saying they, that's not in your book. That's in your book. I just the the first day of testing, like just listening and reading, you know how. How the test all of a sudden, like one day, it was like flush supply. You know, you went from nothing to uh, tell you, uh, to flush supply, and then, like I said, it's a, but I explained that in the book too. Yeah, I don't know if you read that part, or if you got to that part. So oh, it was all the free free market. Uh, yes. It, it, so the labs, it was interesting what happened at the time. We had no, you couldn't get swab, you couldn't get nasopharyngeal swabs on the market. You could not get the medium to uh, put in the falcon tubes to the keep fluid, right? The fa- yeah, the fluid is the medium that keeps it stable from you know the time I test you until the lab until they can draw it out. So you couldn't get any of that stuff. So what the labs did was kind of ingenious, and it was great. It was the free market that kind of solved the problem. What they did was they got their uh, a different medium that they could get readily available, and they validated it with the FDA. And they also got, and I read about this, um, they, they validated buckle swabs. Buckle swabs are what we use for your cheek, the inside of your cheek, when we do a DNA test. They're a lot bigger than the naso, the real thin nasopharyngeal swab. So for a time being, when my patients were going, oh, my God, these are a little bit bigger. Like, that one really hurt. Like, they were like, is this any bigger than the normal ones? And you're like, no, it was. It was. <laughs> because it was the cheek swab. But they had to get them validated by the FDA. But once they said, well, we got an abundance of buckle swabs, but we can't get nasopharyngeal swabs. They said, hey, can we use these to the FDA? Once they validated them, market got flooded. So the labs actually started creating their own tests. We used to have to buy the Copen ones that you couldn't get on the open market. I mean, I was looking for them like crazy. You would do an order of 1000 online. It would, it would get, you know, they take your money. Two days later, they'd email you and say, I'd had to cancel it because it's not in stock to give your money back. And it would happen time after time after time. So finally, the labs caught up and said, hey, we want this business. We want this to work. So the labs validated their own stuff. And that's what really saved the market. And the next day, I had thousands of them. The lab was calling me, how many do you want? We're making them ourselves. And they would you know, get the falcon tubes, put the medium, get the swab. It was freaking great. But it went from not having anything. I was getting 10 a week, 20 a week, 40 a week. And then all of a sudden, I had thousands of them. It was nuts. Yeah, thousands. And then the numbers started exploding. And- well, once you, if you yeah. again, if you it, the numbers that you saw, and that was it, it was kind of funny. If you look at the graph, remember the graph you were looking at the numbers climbing. Oh yeah, that wasn't the amount of cases. Worldometer. I, I used to I used to correct. Look at I looked at Worldometer too. I used to look at all like all the different countries and everything was really awesome information. Yep, that's it what was I up to date. So up to date information. I, I ran regressive regressive analysis uh, reg, regression analysis charts on the data from countries that had just over a hundred cases in January of 2020 mm-hmm. to project out how big this thing was going to be. And I read about that in the book. And it wasn't a genius thing to do, which is something we do in business. And, and we looked at the numbers and we wanted to analyze it and say, hey, what, what's our projection for this? And that's kind of where I was telling people, hey, you got to watch out. This thing's going to blow up. Mm-hmm. And then um, you could see it coming. Yeah, it was. If it was you there. just followed Worldometer, right? This like this is this is the thing that that, you know, when, when you when we talk about the fiction, it's easy to sell people fiction because they don't take the time to look at things. Right. They don't take the time to do to do any type of research other than. 
you know, listening to their fucking CNN. Because all you had to do, it was, it was, it was seriously this simple. I was looking at Worldometer, right? And I'm looking at it, and then you go, okay, China's numbers. All weird. Mm-hmm. Then you go, who's getting it that you could be reliable? Okay, well, Spain. Right, I did hammered, the same exact thing. Right? Italy, getting hammered. All these other places that you're looking at, they're getting hammered. And all you had to do was look at their graphs. Look at their numbers. The amount of people with it, the amount of mild cases, it gave you all of that information. Yep. And what you started seeing, all just by clicking, was the same exact pattern. Right. If no matter you, where if this were, thing went, it was the same exact pattern. If you were doing what you were doing, that's a very smart thing because I did the exact same thing. I'd give you a lot of credit, Michael, because I was looking at countries that would have reliable data, that had access to labs and testing. You wouldn't look at a country that was like a third world country and go, what are their numbers? Yeah. You want to look at Spain, Italy, Germany. I was looking at countries like that, mm-hmm. that that were, you know, first world countries that had access to testing and medium and, and labs. And I was getting the same information. I did the exact same thing with the exact same reference. I used Worldometer. So that's kind of how we got our numbers but the numbers you saw going back to the u.s numbers that that graph you saw slowly climbing then all of a sudden getting really huge that wasn't the amount of cases out there that was the amount of cases we had enough supplies to catch up with yeah and that was a big part of the book in perspective in the first chapter first two chapters i wanted people to understand our perspective is very different than yours running off to you know uh, not yours but any anybody out there running off to a Walgreens for a rapid test when you have thousands of patients and you go through this and you understand how the testing works how it gets reported why certain things get reported what's coming back with a co-infection what CT value is you have to understand all that data in the aggregate to really understand COVID you can't understand it as a guy who just runs out and gets a rapid test and goes I had COVID and it was the worst thing in the world or it wasn't that bad because it was very different for different people but the guy who was who said it's the worst thing in the world might not have known if he had a co-infection he didn't know his ct value he didn't know you know he didn't know really anything he just thought okay yeah you're nay and covid is not as simple as just positive or negative you're either negative or you're positive but you're positive with caveats and those caveats paint a very very different picture for somebody like me and you as they do for the average layperson yeah and that's that's why i got so frustrated with him because it's like when i started seeing uh, you know a guy down the street died and he died um, in some of the ways the doctors were saying that you know resdemivir or was was hurting people and and when you the thing that bothered me a lot about early on was the well you got covid nothing we could do go home and 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 just deal with it right and i, I get it for everybody it was you know the majority of people that's that's that worked 90 95% of people that that definitely worked i i just felt like we 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 neglected some some people you know and i maybe hindsight and but like you said we we look back and i don't think we learned anything from it we didn't learn I, shit i think i think we would do the exact same things all over again i mean think about this fucking 17 or 1918 the spanish flu one of the things they did was put cloth masks on people a mm-hmm. hundred years of virus research later and we're back to masks like, we're back to masks. Did you read my mask chapter in the book? I did, yeah. I think it's one of the funniest chapters yeah. in there. I, we don't wear masks for virons. I mean, yeah. it's just stupid. When you understand air fluidity and particle size and 0.25 microns and COVID, look, you can fit 500 million particles of COVID on a pinhead. 500 million. So when you have somebody symptomatic in a room and you are literally walking around amongst a sea of particles, there is no amount of wiping or sanitizing you can do because you're walking around in billions of particles that do not settle by gravity. They're 0.1 micron large. All right, Anything less than 0.25 microns does not settle by gravity. They float around in the they air. They float around. And you, it only takes one particle to infect you so wearing a fucking mask where you could see the holes these things aren't duct taped to your face that's no, a, 
point I wear I, I make in my book. If you duct taped it to your face, you're using the filter, but then the filter's not small enough to filter out the particle. It's not duct taped to your face though. You are breathing through the path of least resistance around your nose, around the sides. You are just sucking shit in. But what does bacteria like? A warm, moist environment, which exactly. is why the majority of these people are coming back with staph aureus, staph infection, and they have no idea. And, and they're sicker. You know why? Because they were idiots. It's like first off, they told everybody to get in, to wear masks. If you even just looked at OSHA standards, you knew that you can't wear these things for more than an hour. This is their one-time use, right? Especially the N95. The N95 works on electrostatic charge. So as soon as that thing gets moist and wet, boom, your electrostatic charge goes to shit, right? So you can't wear these things. And that you had nurses that were that were trying to put them under UV lights and yep. re rewearing them because we didn't have enough. Put in their brown paper bag. Yeah. It's it's and then the the population like the thing I was doing. I wear I, I when I actually wore the mask for a week. Right, I would wear it. I take it off. It was Trump twenty twenty. I would throw it on my car <laughs> right. seat. It'd sit there just baking with with nasty old weed breath on it, and then I put it back on when I when I went in. And then I got really dizzy. I told you what happened, right there. I went to Lowe's. I was mixing up concrete. I went into Lowe's. I went to go get a couple more bags because I because I, I ran short. And dude, all of a sudden I'm wearing this mask and fuck it. I got so dizzy. Where I thought I was, I was gonna fall out. I, I, I had to call a fucking ambulance. You, 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 I'm not even playing around. Like it, that, that, and I took. As soon as I took the mask off, I started feeling better. Right? Sure. You had but oxygen. It was, it was still like my blood, my my blood pressure skyrocketed, my heart rate skyrocketed. Yeah, you're making yourself sicker. But think, Dude, about, it was bad. think about what I just said though, five minutes ago. Most people who were sick, the sick ones, had COVID and staff, or COVID and a mm -hmm. co-infection. If you're wearing a mask and you're breeding bacteria, you're probably developing a co-infection. And then you yes. catch COVID on top of it. Now you're fucking sicker because you were wearing the mask. Exactly. So, I mean, we were doing ourselves a disservice. And we then just, what was happening was they weren't getting treated for staph because they were only testing for COVID with a lot of people. If they're doing a rapid test or if they're going to some urgent care who's doing a rapid or just a PCR with COVID, not somebody reliable who knows what they're doing. We've been doing respiratory pathogen. I'm not saying we're the most reliable. We've been doing respiratory pathogen panels on people for years. And we have talked to doctors about the importance of doing that so that you understand understand what you're testing. When you go to a doctor's office, for the most part, 90% of doctors out there, they're going to do a rapid flu. They're going to do a rapid strap. That's what they have access to in their office. These are clear wave things that you can buy and you can do in an office. They do not work with ancillary labs that do respiratory pathogen panels or PCR testing. It, is, it has been out for many, many years. But when I talk to other doctors about it and I go, hey, this is important. You should really understand what you're diagnosing, how to treat it. I go, I, I don't want to have to spend the time to do this and swab a patient and send it off FedEx. And then I got to access a lab portal. It's really not hard to do. But they come up in there. I've heard every excuse from every doctor as to why. And I get it. You know why? Primary care doesn't pay. Okay. So when a doctor tells you they got seven minutes with a patient, that is because they're trying to churn and burn as many as they can in that time frame so they can actually keep the office open. Make money. There yeah. is no money in healthcare, and And we can go back to Obamacare when that started. I mean, it, the, the, the monetary value of going to a doctor, I mean, you're lucky to get 40 bucks for a visit. By the time your biller takes their percentage, and then, you know, you got to pay an office staff and all this overhead, you've got to see like 100 patients a day just to make a living. It's incredible. So I get the doctor's perspective, but at the same time, if you get into healthcare, you should really be concerned about patient care. So we don't overbook at, at our office. We make sure that we have enough time for patients. If they need a test like that, we do it. We do a lot of genetic tests. I've heard doctors give me a million reasons in the world they don't want to do that. Same reasons. You know, it, it takes too long. I don't want to access a portal, blah, blah, blah. I got to go. Well, they don't want to work. They want to be path of least resistant, man. Well, that's, that's, you know? that's an air takes, right? That's yeah. why you don't wear a mask. 
So don't go to a doctor that wants to take the path of least resistance. Is the best advice I can give to any patient. It's kind of crazy. So I I don't I, don't, I never like the uh, ignorance response. You know the ignorance and laziness. And there's a lot of people that are ignorant. And a lot of people that are lazy. You know, it's like a doctor. Any doctor that that really full went full must take the vaccine type stuff without really thinking about it like listen and i'm not here saying I, i've killed the vaccine plenty on my show i've also said that if you're in a risk population it might be smarter to get it than not right i've to me it's all it's all a personal it's all personal opinion it's all personal whatever you think is going to be best for your body i don't give a shit i'm glad that people that want a vaccine can get it right if you want to call it a vaccine i am whatever i hate i will never take it day in my life i think it's killing people mm-hmm. i will tell everybody that from the, from from jump street but you know it's to, to me it's like if that makes you feel better then go ahead put it whatever well, shot put it whatever up your ass that you want to put <laughs> if in the beginning when the vaccines did come out and i did have patients ask and we discussed this as a practice with all my with all my practitioners like what we thought Again, the reason we didn't recommend a vaccine was because, number one, we saw it in droves that it wasn't working. People were calling me up going, I don't understand, I'm fully vaccinated, but you're getting COVID. So we saw it. And it happened three to four months after the vaccine because we were recording that information. Oh, I don't understand. I have COVID. I was vaccinated. Okay, sir, when did you have the vaccine and which one did you have? We were recording all that information. So if someone, like you just said, is in a high-risk pool, would we recommend a vaccine? The answer is no because it wasn't working. But if you were that concerned that you wanted to get one and you asked me which one, it was always J&J because J&J was a viral vector vaccine, which is old technology. We knew it wor- We knew that technology works for the most part. We did not know anything about mRNA. So that those were the succinct reasons why we would not recommend a vaccine or if you had to get one it was j&j all the way and the fda just rescinded j&j correct because of clotting well let me tell you hold on hold and on. the uh, the mrna is well known to be clotting as well Everyone, all th- we they, get all three of them we get clotting from all three we saw it from all three originally but we saw the least amount of problems from the j&j but again the recommendation would be for no vaccine at all but again, if you had to have one and you were stubborn that you had it for God knows what fucking reason, because you don't need it. In the beginning, it was I had every excuse in the world. Oh, I had to get it to travel. Really? You're going to you're, you're gonna put your, your life in the hands of I need to travel. Just don't fucking travel for a year. Yeah. Do, you know, oh, my my wife's mom was, you know, wouldn't let us see. Shut the fuck up. You know, you're taking medical advice now from your wife's mom's cousin's daughter's roommate over. <laughs> you know, it's it reminded me who of listened, who listened to the news, who, who watched a ticking timer right. of everybody that was dying and was scared shit. You're reminding me of Spaceballs. Remember your cousin's former roommate? What does that mean to me? Absolutely <laughs> nothing. Nothing. It's, but it, it was, man, and they were they were able to like it's, like you say in this book, it's they were able to pass a lot of fiction onto people that has never come to pass. The, the, uh, people have never gotten past it. I, so, I mean, I think a lot of people are now. You know, I really do. But you you think that there's there's still a, a huge majority of people that that still believe the fiction. Sure, still a lot of mask wearers. There's one I mentioned um, when I do mention Fauci's name three times. I mentioned him, and I, I mentioned the Fauci effect. And the Fauci effect is like when you read the the front of that, you know, the newspaper and you get the headline and then the newspaper retracts it, you know, six months later on page 26, you don't see the retraction. Same thing. People watched all those briefings in the beginning. That's why these guys are culpable. He came out and said, don't wear masks in the beginning because it's not going to help you and it's going to make it worse. You're touching your face all day. He was right. I don't know why he changed the recommendation. You know, somebody somebody gave me a stupid analogy once and it was a smart guy. He's an RN. 
but it was a really dumb analogy. And he goes, you know, here's Jim, and Jim's not wearing pants, and he pees, and he gets it all over the place. And then he wears pants, and he pees in his pants, and it doesn't get all over the place. It doesn't go. It's, <laughs> I, just, I remember, it's simple. It's simple. I remember that analogy. And I'm like, dude, that's not how Virons wear. Like, they're going right through the jeans. You're not cool you know, you're, unless you pee your pants. Oh, it's so stupid. <laughs> the, the things people would come up with to try to make themselves feel better about the choices they were making during this thing was just dumb. And, it, and, and they're the same idiots that would yell at you and say, I follow the science. You don't even know how science works. These are unscientific people telling you they follow the science. They follow the science. It's incredible to me. And the same people, when I was doing that regression analysis chart like you were looking at, saying looking at Germany, looking at you know, you know all these Spain, looking at all these countries that had access to healthcare, and we're looking at it, and I'm telling these people, hey, this thing is going to blow up. They were the same ones that said, nah, nah, it'll be fine. They're the same ones who now once they went through all the fiction of this nonsense, are the ones that tout the fiction. Rather than oh, going, yeah. hey, I had the vaccine, but I got COVID three times after it, but they're still you know, touting get your freaking booster shots. Most people have come around. Most, people, most of my patients will say, yeah, and this is what I'm telling you from what I see. They'll come in and say, yeah, I got the first two, but I'm not getting a booster. You know, I already got COVID and this and that, blah, blah, blah. The ones that would get COVID and then run out to get a vaccine like a week later, I was dumbfounded. Like, do you? how do you not understand this? And, and a lot of them are telling me their doctor is telling them to do this stuff. I'm like, you need to find a new doctor. doctor. This is just blatant stupidity. And that's, that was what my point before is I didn't... I, I can't stand the doctors that just work off of willful ignorance. That, okay, I'm just going to do what I'm told. I'm going to just get paid. Yes, I recommend the vaccine. They, they're not looking at any of the studies. They know, they know it's not being properly tested because they admitted to it. You know what I'm saying? We have to move at the speed of science. Mm. Right? Whatever the hell that means. The speed of science. To me, okay, so you mean it's not properly tested. What do you think about like RFK right now? Not to get political. But, um, you know, when he sits back and he says... You know, vaccines aren't fully tested. They're not placebo-controlled tested mm -hmm. before they're rolled out. They're the only medical, you know, the only medical treatment, I guess you could say, that, that isn't tested like that. Right. Um, to me, that's crazy. I if that's true, I you know? I haven't read his book. I hope as many people who read his book will read my book. I mean, he sold over a million copies. And if you really want to know about COVID from A to Z, and we're talking about a lot of it here, pick up the book. It's going to give you the blueprint 100%. for COVID. Um, I got a friend of mine who actually said, who knows him and says, hey, I want to set up a meeting. And I said, sure, I, I'll talk to anybody anytime, anywhere. I think he's a, a, a good good guy. I don't know him. I don't agree with all his political stances. Yeah, but neither do I. But. Yeah, I'd love to meet the guy and chat. and have. I think we'd have a great conversation about this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I hope he reads my book because it'll kind of further some of his, you know, his data. He'll be able to solidify it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. put it this way. So, like, what you touch on in the book, let's go through a couple of the chapters, right? Because I, I, I think it's if – you, if you're – if you're going to buy this book, ready? So it's Chapter 1 Perspective, then the first day of testing, Language of the Pandemic. I think that was one of my favorite chapters because when you get la the language of the pandemic, it was it evolving language. Like, yeah, wear masks, don't wear masks. Now, you, you know, you, you could then you could wear a fucking bandana. Right. You know, it, it got really crazy. But the language of the pandemic was interesting. And then the chaos has started. That was another one of my favorite chapters because it, it was a really good look back at you did a good job of this is what we were doing, you know, with, with toilet paper and, you know, just people fighting in Walmart over toilet paper and the brick police having to guard it at, at Costco. Like, when you really look back at the chaos, I think you nailed it there. And then you the, the chapter five, the truth starts to leak, right? Chapter six, what is a virus? What is a virus anyway, right? We don't, how do we, it, most people don't know. 
And it's amazing. It, it, think about that. We're in the worst scenario of our lifetime. We're in a worldwide pandemic. Holy crap. Everybody's telling you everybody's going to die if you get this thing. If you're exposed, you got a contact trace because you could kill everybody. You're going to die. Kill grandma. And we still don't know the. Di- we don't know what a virus is, how it transmits. We don't know how many proteins. And not that that's important to everybody, but if you put one guy on TV, like, I don't know, I go on TV for an hour and give a one-hour dissertation on how long it takes to, you know, feel symptoms from a virus. You know, I always tell people, look, hey, when you catch it, it takes three to five days to incubate. So by the time you come to my office and say, I don't feel good, you're on day four. You've had it. But a virus can only sustain in your system for 14 days. Why is that important? Because people would want to get a negative test freaking three months later. That's inappropriate. I would have police chiefs calling me up saying, I need my officer to get a negative test before they come back to work. I go, that's stupid. What do you mean it's stupid? I go, it's against any medical protocol. You can test positive for COVID up to 90 days. But they they would disenfranchise a worker. And this could be, imagine this. Imagine a Walmart worker coming to you telling you they need a negative test to go back to work so they can fucking pay their rent. So they can pay their rent. And I have to call the manager and go, dude, you're not a doctor. You're not an epidemic. You're not a virologist. You're not even a freaking, you have no idea how this works. Let me explain how testing works to you. So you can put your worker back to work. So you don't have to you know, tell them they can't fucking feed their kids. That's inappropriate. We were doing a lot of inappropriate shit because we didn't understand the language of a pandemic. That's why that, in, that chapter is so important. The what is a virus anyway? And then, yes, chapter seven, the masks. Yes, it's apparently still a thing. Yeah, it really is amazing still. The, the people that are driving with their masks on, they I, I love them early. I'm loving them even more now because they're showing commitment. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fucking full, right? Yeah. I mean, that's commitment, dude. If you're if you're anybody that's fully committed, I do appreciate it. Chapter eight, we're doing what now? Mm-hmm. So these are where I, I start. I start liking like like. What are we doing now, and are we going to actually learn from it? You know, and I think if a lot of people do actually buy your book and read it, and once again, I, I didn't find it to have nothing but data. Mm-hmm. I had, I found it to have a lot of like linking stories to data. Yeah, right. Like these are the things that we were told. These are how my employees it kind of came at me. These are how some of my friends. This is a story about Ryan. The first, the, sure. the first guy you yeah. tested that you, that you were talking about, you know, it, so it wasn't just it wasn't just data, but what we're actually doing now, and what what are we where are we going from here, right? It was the hardest part was naming the chapters. You know that because you have all this yep. information. You're like, how do I bifurcate this? Try for however you want to dis, you know disseminate it. How do I put this together? So and, and it was like, do I do it in a timeline, which I kind of did, but I also wanted to break it up into like you know one chapter on vaccines, one chapter on masks because there's so much information out there, and I wanted to be very accurate. I wanted to I wanted to I wanted to let the audience know what I was thinking and feeling at the time using anecdotal stories, but you also want them to learn from it. So they mm-hmm. could I'm hoping that people will learn. If you read this book, you would never handle another pandemic the same way because you would understand because the next pandemic is probably going to be a virus of some sort and you will understand how they work. Timelines, language. People still I, I it baffles my mind and I write the story about the epidemiologist who schooled me. I don't know if you read that. Um, well I called epidemiologist one day and he was asking me about a positive patient. He said, what did you do? I said, we told him to uh, quarantine. And he yelled at me. And he said, you, you don't quarantine when you, somebody's positive. You isolate. And he goes, there is a difference. And he schooled me. And I, and I thought at that moment, I'm like, thank God that guy, at first of all, I was mad. But then I was like, well, you know what? He did me a favor because 
He pointed out that we all got to get on the same page or we're never going to get through this thing. We're never going to do it. So I still have patients today that will say to me, when I call them and say they're positive, they'll say, oh, I need to quarantine. I go, no. What did the astronauts do when they got back from the moon? They quarantined in case they were exposed and they don't know and they might develop something. When you were positive, you isolate. And that little stupid, just insignificant thing proved a big point to me. We have to get on the same page with language. It's very important. Yes, definitely. So I'll go through the rest of them. You ready? So that's what I liked about it. So how testing, chapter nine, how testing actually works. There's a lot more to it than you think. So like it was those informative type type chapters is what I like because I think those are the things that people don't didn't understand. They don't understand it. Like I said, they didn't understand a virus. They don't under, nobody knows what the hell mRNA is. Right. Right? Nobody's actually taking the time to go, okay, there's messenger RNA that breaks off. There's messages from your DNA. What message are you actually getting? That was my biggest problem. Like, mm-hmm. am I act- is my body going to actually read this message the right way? You know, that's, that's, the, way, that's the way I was looking at it. Like, wait, they're giving me and my body a message? How do I know my body's going to read there? What if my body speaks, you know, American or English and, and they give me the <laughs> Spanish virus and right. it doesn't know how to mess with it, right? But chapter 10, antibodies and antibody tests. Um, so the antibody testing, that was really, that, that's what I think separates a lot of your data. So, so your data I like because it's, it's multifaceted, right? There's a lot of different data points from a lot of different areas, from a lot of different angles, right? Like you said, what was it, linear or horizontal? Horizontal data, right. right? So, but you, but, but that, it's also like there's so many from the DNA testing to the, you know, to the antibody test, to the COVID test, to testing everybody. And that, that well, was just well, very but important. That I, I had to write about it. It's funny because that chapter I said I have to put some extra, you know, language in here about antibodies. And I know, you know, people are like bored by it. But in the beginning, I remember everybody was asking for an antibody test. Do you have them? Can we do them? Can I find out if I ever had COVID? Another kind yeah, of laughing. Have, antibodies have I ever had it? I was never sick, but have yeah. I ever had it's important to understand that in totality because you can look at how long a person isn't susceptible to catching it again for the short term. You're looking at the difference between antibodies from natural infection versus the vaccine. So you can put them in contrast and look at it. And by the way, it's exactly the same. It's 120 days the average. I did have a patient who had antibodies for over a year. And some patients would have antibodies for a couple of weeks. But the average was about 120 days. And that's for both. So if you get it naturally or you get it uh, you know, through... And, and by the way, we weren't testing antibodies in the early stages of this. So when I was good for 120 days, I don't know if I had a longer antibody IgG response from that initial L strain or S strain versus the Delta strain when everybody started catching it in the Omicron strain. And, and, and you make a good point because people, and I, I would always have this conversation with patients and explain to them what a virus is, right? Viruses aren't living things. That's how I would start. They're, they're like parasites. They're not technically classified as parasites, but they're like parasites. They need a host to survive. So they don't want to kill you because they would die off with you. But there's an r not where some of them spread a little bit more than others. But, you know, like MERS, they we're talking about a 30% death rate. COVID is like a 0.2% death rate. So if the virus can, um, the virus is replicating the moment it enters your system. It is looking for the best version of itself to survive. It is constantly mutating. Mutating, in other words. What happens to most of them after you make a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy is they burn out. You never hear about them. But some of them develop a weird shape on the outside called a spike protein. And that spike protein is enough to fool the body so that it lets it in the next time. So the bouncer doesn't recognize the guy that comes in the trench coat. But as soon as all the guys get out of the trench, hey, we know you guys, and they kick him out. It's kind of what happens with a virus. It gets in your system, and you are getting beat up from that spike protein. But you have memory now to the 27, roughly 27 proteins that are inside 
that virus. And you have B and T lymphocytes to that, and you're not getting as sick the next time, the next time, the next time. So the novelty portion wears off, which is why people aren't dying from it. It's not anything to do with the freaking vaccine. It's the novelty portion of it. Mm -hmm. Most people, by the time the vaccine had come out, had already contracted COVID. Exactly, yeah. So you, now you're just putting an inflammatory reaction on an, another inflammatory reaction. That's what I tell people. If, you, if you've had three or four shots, four shots and gotten COVID in the same year, you've had COVID essentially five times. And we can, what we didn't talk about on your show two years ago, because we didn't have the data then, is the data we have now on the stories we're seeing from people that are coming back with reactions from the vaccine. Not the day after, two days after. We're talking a half year, a year, two years later. And uh, the amount of, you and I have talked about it privately, but pericarditis, myocarditis. I just had a friend call me today. I told you about the heart thing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, my fiance has the same issue. You it's know, let's, let's just face facts. And this isn't conspiratorial at all. If, if you haven't seen the uptick in people falling down, on the uh, like, when have you ever seen just people in the media, one after the other, from ESPN to news organizations to comedians, on stage on camera, just falling the hell out? Okay, right? you don't. You, we never seen that in our faces like it is now. Then you have you have twenty year old kids having heart attacks every single day. You have you have sports figures falling down. You have Bronny James just have a heart attack at what twenty one years old, right? They were bragging that they were fully vaccinated. These are things that. There's one thing after the other, after the other, after the other, and the, and the numbers are skyrocketing. See, These are well-documented skyrocketing You're numbers. right, but I leave that stuff to guys like you for a reason. Oh, yeah, right? 100%. Because, and I'm not because, asking you to engage that. No, no, I'm just no, no, saying I'm, that I'm, I'm, you're I'm, seeing I'm, a whole I'm, hell of a I'm, lot of it. I'm going to engage in it, but on a different level. I like to have data to back it up. You could talk about that all day long, and I see it too, and I wonder. The first thing I wonder is, ah, what, what do they have? And I'll tell you why, because it's cause and correlation. So I have a patient right now. She had, uh, she, she had to get surgical clearance. She had an EKG. I think I wrote about it in the book. She had to get an EKG for surgical clearance. Uh, she could not get it. Her heart looked like she had a myocardial infarction or heart attack. And um, she had an EKG six months prior to the shot. That was totally fine. It was perfect. Then she got two shots. And then six months after those two shots, she looked like she had a heart attack. So the first thing the cardiologist said to her was, uh, you, 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 what shot did you have? Because I'm starting to see this in my office. It's cause and correlation. Like all of a sudden I'm seeing these heart issues and it's from the shots. By the way, when you ask which shots it was, it's always one of the mRNA shots. Yeah, so it's, it's never Pfizer the J &J. Right. So you start to see trends. And trends is not, that's kind of where the book you know, goes a little bit because it, you, know, you tell these stories over three years and you can see the trends developing. And it's not hard to put two and two together and say, okay, it's not one, it's not two, it's 100, it's 1,000, it's 10. 10,000, there's a trend there. So that same patient, by the way, uh, just had a CT scan of her, her, um, it was her abdomen, but they caught her heart on there and she has plaque in her aorta. So all of a sudden, that same cardiologist pulled a study from 2020 that he had a CT scan of the heart, and he said it's not there in 2020, but it's there now. It was after the shot, and it's the same one that had the EKG. It, it, you, when you see this over and over and over and over, it starts to make sense. So yeah, it paints, it paints a much bigger picture, right? So right? and we have the data now. It's three years worth of data now. This isn't new anymore, man. It's three years worth of data, but that data is so skewed because you're never going to report that to VAERS, right? A doctor. It, by the way, these are the same guys that have to report this to VAERS are the same guys and girls that were telling you to get the freaking shot. With the shot so exactly. there's some cognitive distortion there. Uh, you know, and I don't think it was from the shot because, you know, it wasn't like the day after, but like six months, well, you're getting older now. And it's like, well, dude, when you see hundreds and then thousands of these patients. So I write about this cardiologist. I won't name him. I didn't name him in the book. But I write about this cardiologist because we were sitting at dinner one day. 
And he said to me, he goes, ah, we we're talking about the vaccines. He goes, I, I used to recommend the vaccine all the time, but now I don't because I see so many problems with it. And I looked at him right in the face at dinner and I said, are you a fucking idiot? And he didn't know where this story was going to go. And I said to him, I go, dude, you're a cardiologist. I go, when we have, we're primary care. When we have a patient that, that, that needs cardiac help, we send them to you for your expertise. We don't pretend to know or give advice. Like it's just, it's outside the scope of what we do. I said, you would think your best answer at the time when someone's asking you about a vaccine is I don't know. I don't know. I don't have enough patients. I don't have enough data. Maybe send them to somebody like it's me too who, new. who does this for yeah. a living. Like, what the fuck is your problem? And I said to the guy, I go, you're the guy, you're the guy that is costing us credibility in this industry. It's guys like you. And he, he looked at me after a while and he goes, I, he agreed because he, I didn't have anywhere to go. And I was kind of being a jerk, but I was making a point in a nice way. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. That's kind of the point. Like, if you don't know, just say, I don't know. You'll have more credibility with me, your patients and everybody else. Why are you following a narrative that the CDC put? out that they don't fucking know they don't have any studies on this like you just mentioned it, it just you know what happens when they do that people like me sit back and go well you know what you are now making more money being a cardiologist by pushing the vaccine by causing a whole hell of a lot <laughs> yeah. more heart problems yeah so so like when you get people with like a crazy mind like me going well this is beneficial to you Right, you're the one that's reaping all the rewards. You're the one that's reaping all the benefits. You're the one that did this shit. And the, the, the to me that it's it's any doctor that sat back and said, no, definitely take it while it was still being in tested phase, like it was still being tested. They were giving it to people in phase two trials. Right. Right? So any any person that could sit there and, and make a full recommendation on something that they don't know the long-term effects on, they don't even know the short-term effects on, they don't know the, the, the risks because the real data isn't coming out to people, that's a huge, that's a whole other different topic altogether is the fact that these people that have all the money and all the interest in making the profit are the ones funding all the research, right? So that's right there. That's, that's, a, that's like a giant red flag to me. Yeah. Because how, how could we be guaranteed that it's real research? Well, I, I know these people. I know a lot of these people I'm talking about, at least personally, and they weren't doing that to try to further their career. They were doing it because they were cognitively distorted and they wanted to look like they had an answer for their patients because yes. their patients are coming to them out of you know necessity and they're scared. Uh, anxiety. What do I do, Doc? You know, I trust you. You know, give me your opinion. But the best thing to fucking say at that point is I don't know. I really can't tell you because I don't know. You know, you can give a thought process, but that's borderline. You know, at that point, you're like, where do you go from there? I would never get. We don't do oncology, so when you come into my office and you have cancer issues, my practitioners are going to tell you, hey, we're going to refer you out. You know, that's that's yeah. it. We just don't know about it. Um, we're going to send you to somebody who does. It, it, you, wrote, you wrote that in the book as well. I did, and because and, I want to put people in perspective. If you if you really think about my perspective, when someone's coming to me and they're saying, hey, do you, do you would you recommend a vaccine? I laugh and go, no. And they're like, well, why not? And I go, because it doesn't work. You're going to get COVID anyway. And they're like, yeah, but, and I go, I, I have 4,000 patients who've had COVID and they're all fine. They, most of them didn't have a symptom. So you got to understand it from my perspective. That is why we weren't recommending a vaccine. Why would I give you something that you don't need? It's just stupid. That, that you don't need and it's not effective and it's proven not to be effective. No. They said it was safe and effective. Listen, if, if it was effective for three months, like you said, for 180 days or whatever whatever the hell. 120, 120 on the average. Yeah, so you're talking about three yeah, to six four, months, four months tops. Mm -hmm. Right and that, that okay great you're effective for that much and now what are you going to do are you, do you but, do you take a shot back to back to back to back that has right, all but, these potential potential problems but when, here but here's the big point so and this is another thing that I would say in the book and and I said to every patient you would not get would you get a flu shot in August the answer is no because it's not at the beginning of flu season you would yeah. get a flu shot before flu season you were, these people in the CDC and Anthony Fauci were not recommending 
a vaccine before the seasonality in your area. The seasonality was very different in New Jersey as it was in Florida. Florida, we would get a spike in August. We could see it. It was worldometer, right? So yep. we could go back. When we had our spike in August, I knew in August 21 that we were going to get nailed in Florida. And all of a sudden- well, you like, said that on the show. You said, we're about to get it in Florida. And we did. We, we got did, nailed. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. We were seeing 100 people a day. We couldn't handle anymore. My staff was clamoring saying, you got to hire more staff. And I'm going, no. And they, they thought I was nuts. So I'm not going to hire somebody on a layoff in a month. I said, just weather this for four weeks and it's going to calm down. And as soon as it, September 1st, it was like it dropped off into half. By the end of September, it was back to normal. We were seeing 25 people a day. Mm -hmm. I'm going, dude. And they're like, how'd you know? I go, it's not hard. When you can look at trends and you have data in front of you, it's just analyzing the data to spot the trend. And that's exactly what we did. And that's what we put in the book because it's not about a conspiracy theory. It's about what we thought and, you know, political bullshit narrative. It's, dude, the, the, what reality. they're telling you on TV does not match what we say. And I think I talked about this two years on the show. It would take them a year to catch up to what we were saying 100%. in the office. You said you were six to eight months ahead of them on the show. The, when we, we Like I said, At listen least. to the 101st episode. If you want to hear exactly what this man was saying two years ago when he first started doing all this stuff, that's it. I mean, we hit on all these things, and yeah, you, I mean, you said we, we, were, we were six to eight months ahead of everybody. You, you were saying you were laughing because it was like you knew this stuff, and then six months later, you f finally came out of the news. I was talking about gain-of-function research. Nobody ever heard of that term right. before, and then a year and a half later, it's all over the, it's all over the media, you know? <laughs> you were way ahead of the trends, too. You were paying attention, way and you ahead. were doing what I was doing. You are looking at the data. But let's, let's talk about something that I think is probably the most important in the missed, the missed part of, of COVID. It's... The treatments, all right? Chapter 11, treatments and natural immunity, right? So what are the preferred treatments now, two years later, if, if, if they are any? We, we haven't changed our protocols since we started. We've been doing the exact same thing we did since day one. And it was fine. My, um, I, I don't even mention her name. Too. I don't want to get anybody in trouble on this podcast, so I'm very careful about names. But we yeah. had a, a practitioner we work with who was uh, – she does pulmonology. She's great. She's fantastic. Love her to death. And uh, we developed a protocol right in the beginning, and it, it included vitamin C. They In the hospital, three to 5,000 milligrams a day, a double dose of D, zinc, uh, making sure you're hydrated and electrolytes is very important. That is it. That was it. We did not recommend Advil in the beginning because we thought for a moment that Advil was going to flare it up. So we only recommended Tylenol. Then we came to find out Advil was okay. But elderberry flares this up. Uh, Tamiflu flares it up. When you are hitting a novel virus with things that you think are going to work, like the flu protocol, and you find out shortly that it doesn't work, it's flaring it up, you immediately switch. But this was making it worse on a lot of people. And I thought, I thought they said early on that... Um one of the Tylenols or Aleves or something like that, there was one of them that was making, the, was making COVID worse. For, we, so, we for thought, some reason, we thought Advil uh, ibuprofen, but it's oh fine. ibuprofen. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah we thought said, that. Don't take that at first. We, that's we what weren't were we yeah. weren't sure, but science evolves, you know, and that's the Fauci effect again. A lot of people watch those briefings in the beginning and think all those things are like today. You know, they haven't followed the science. Yeah. They don't follow the science. They just thought they know what the science was, and uh, it drives me nuts. And by the way, and I told you this, and I'll say it again. You know, your show really helps because I have a record. I have a two hour, two and a half hour two, record. Oh yeah of us speaking about this and people now will look at this book and go, well, you didn't know. I go, actually, we did. No, actually, you did. Fucking yeah, 100%. And, and the reality was I put you on a spot in a lot of things. I was asking questions back then. Like, you were asked questions that nobody was asking on that, on, uh, at that time. You know what I'm saying? And, and you actually answered a lot of stuff like, dude, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Because <laughs> I, I went crazy on it, you know? And I, I, was, I was coming up with stuff and I was talking to doctors and I was... You know, I, I really did put a lot of thought process behind this COVID stuff. So we, when we had that 101st, yeah, I mean, that was full, you know, 
full on. And we were talking about different, you know, different treatments back then. Even if you remember yeah. ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, things like that, sure. that are that are still now proven to be very effective. Fucking ivermectin is talking about curing cancer, and I haven't heard, I haven't heard that study. Oh, You're educating, yeah, me. man. So would you? Would you there, there's so many. There's so many studies because there's a lot of um, a lot of cancer research where it's they're they're starting to find the antiparasitics. Are working very well with cancer research because if, if you look if you look at the areas where they have the the river blindness and those where they're taking like proactive hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin right. those those type of they have very low cancer rates. Interesting. Very very low cancer See, rates. I, I write I write very little about ivermectin in the book only because we didn't use it, but I did work with doctors who did use it religiously, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I can't tell you if it works or doesn't work for COVID because now look. I think that any doctor should have the right to try anything. That's why medicine is a practice. If you think it might work, and by the way, it's an anti-parasitic drug. I'm so tired of the people that, that hit me up. Safe. Oh, it's it's a horseman. Shut the fuck, fuck up. up. No, it's not. It, it was approved for human trials, I think, in 1987. Well, I talk about that in the book. part of the fiction of it, bro. But think about what they did to Joe Rogan. <laughs> you know, they came out and said Joe Rogan's taking horse medicine. I know. They flat out lied to scare people. Yeah. Right over over a medicine that, over a Nobel Prize winning medicine, and that narrative still exists today. It still exists today and because they, they bought the bullshit. It's the Fauci effect, and that's I talk about that in the book too. And I hate to say, I keep saying that, but I, we talk. But we it tried is to the cover, Fauci effect. I tried he was to cover, the face of it. You're right. He is 100 percent the face of it. He was out there saying he's the science. He yeah. was out there touting all of this stuff. He's he was the a, one telling you to get vaccinated. Wearing a mask at the Nationals game, two masks to throw out the shot. I and he threw, throw out the, he threw out the shittiest fucking first pitch I've <laughs> ever seen. And you and I, as baseball oh, guys, man. are like, and, and my arm is shot now too. But I mean, we, you could have thrown a way better. Oh shot, my god, way yeah, better dude. first pitch than that. By the way, I've been throwing, so I'm getting ready for camp. So I, I'm I'm throwing much better now. Yankee camp, right? Yeah, November camp. I got camp, and then January. I'm officially again. retired, buddy. Are you really? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, uh, I'd love to get you down to camp one day. You don't I, uh, I I tore my hammy bad, bro. Come on, you can come against back you that. guys you against back against the, against the heroes, man. We that's people. Don't, it's funny that we it's we've it's been playing end, baseball. It's good to end my career against you guys. Oh, no, come on, yeah, Mike and good. I. Mike and I have known each other for years playing baseball together, and who knew? And then we were starting to talk about this stuff, and Mike didn't know what I did, and I didn't know what he did, and here here's how we came together, and we became came good friends. And you know, it, it's, we don't see each other enough because yeah. we're. So busy in our lives, but uh, we have a lot in common. And, and Mike's a great guy. I definitely guy. miss playing baseball with you, fucking guys. I, dude, I, yeah. I don't want to get off topic. Your listeners are gonna be like, "Shut up!" No, the they're hell fine. Up. They listen. They, we plus put it this way: this show is typically we're amazingly on topic. We have not got off topic at all, you know. But no, so I, I tore my hammy pretty bad. It was against you guys. I was stealing second. And dude, I felt a pop. And then the funniest part about it is you guys didn't want to tag me. Like Paul's like, "Don't tag him." The, the, <laughs> the second baseman's like looking at me with his hands up. I said, "You fucking tag me. I'm out." I'm walking off this field right now. Wow. Yeah, I'm done, man. Okay, listen, I definitely this year was going to be my last year anyway, um, just because. I mean, the God's honest truth is, I'm, I'm, I've, I've played really well the last three years, mm -hmm. like really well, um, hitting wise. But I, my movement in the field is declining to I the point where the I can't. Boat. I can't. I feel like like garbage out there you know like i'm not moving right I, my body doesn't function like i'm tripping over my own damn you, feet you would be you perfect know? for fantasy camp oh yeah <laughs> you know, you're gonna play against 75 year old guys who can't move actually some of them probably move better than us but yeah you, i think you you have to let relegate my, yourself let to my hammy let me hammy my hammy heel we'll talk about yeah, it yeah we'll talk about it because listen i mean dude i, I I, I, there's nothing better in life than hitting hitting a baseball oh, dude. you know i mean listen I, and you're being, a good hitter being right on covid that felt really good Hitting off these 25-year-old kids that throw gas, you know, and you're just 
they can't get you do, out, do and they're re- just pissed off. And oh, it's so. Do you remember so the good. first like, I don't know, it was like the first month of COVID, and we're still trying to play baseball, and they actually made us not sit in the. We're outside, and outside, they, and the rules were you couldn't sit in the dugout together. You had to sit like on in the lawn hill. chairs. We had to bring it was lawn so chairs. Stupid! <laughs> I'm like, this is the dumbest. I remember when Yankee Camp called. At me. least we played, though, man. We, yeah, we played, man. I remember when Yankee came. Well, the freaking umpires were wearing masks. Umpires, them. those poor <laughs> bastards, <laughs> man. <laughs> fucking 95 degrees out there oh wearing masks. Oh, my God. It felt bad the, for them, the, but the I'm also are... like, these guys are not bright. Yeah, um, no. And some of them can't call a game for shit. There's a couple good ones. A couple the of them game. came out that they weren't wearing masks. They were uh, like, I don't give a shit about exactly this. It's good. Yeah. And they shouldn't. You know, this is, and we talked about that. You know, and we get into the whole freedom issue. Like, if all of us said, no, we're not doing this stuff on planes and everything, it wouldn't happen because the economy would have suffered and it would have been a detriment to society. Society. Although, you know, we weren't sure when I when I saw when COVID first came out, I'm like, oh, my God, what if people do die? Like the housing market, everything's going to change. But now they just gave money to everybody. And now you see the effects. I mean, we have mass inflation the worst inflation we've had in 40, 50 years. Interest rates are now going through the roof trying to curb that. The, the, the effects that this thing had are detrimental to our society. Yeah, big time. But what you should... But that's but you should be pissed off, and I I think I write a sentence you about be that. I write about that in the book, and I say you should be absolutely furious. You should be angry at the people that did this to you because we knew what we knew two years ago, six months before our interview, a year before our interview, when we were doing this, and we started spotting trends. I came out and said, "Hey, we're doing this wrong. We should adopt the Swedish model." I got I got. Ostracized in the media. Everybody, no, you're going to kill people. What the fuck is wrong with you? No, you're going to kill people what you're doing. And that's exactly where we are. And look, has anybody followed Switzerland or or Sweden? Has anybody looked at what what happened there? They didn't shut down anything. They had their nightclubs wide open. And they had the same exact trends that we had. Same exact trends. You could not. I said, what did I say in the beginning? There was a line I used. I said, you can't, you can't, something, you can't move a hurricane. Um, politically or something. I, I used a line. I can't remember what I said now, but uh, it was a good line too, and I forget yeah, what it was. You can't politically stop a hurricane, or yeah. it was yeah. So I, I remember that. But I mean, it's it's we had we have the the we have the benefit of for of of hindsight now, right? But we were saying these things back then, and it's just I, I don't know when I when I look at like we, we get back to the treatments. When I look at how we how we lack of treated everything. Yeah, that to me was the most alarming thing. It was just a matter of um, it was so much guesswork, and I'm so tired of like listen. We've been we've been studying these things for a hundred years, right? We say follow the science, but once again, the science led us back to putting masks on our face. Mm-hmm. So it, at what point are we gonna are we gonna get our shit together as 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 a doctor community? Because I I really don't think. Like I love what RFK says about the holistic medicines, and I think it's being hijacked. We have to, and you know what the crazy part about it is. When you said the, the the negative effects, I think COVID exposed. I think it's starting to expose a lot of the corruption. Like Trump, I think Trump came in and he woke up a lot of people. Just how corrupt our government really is, mm-hmm. right? I think COVID really is going to expose just how corrupt our medical system really is. I think people are starting to start. And I'm not talking about the people in the medical system. I'm talking about the people up top yeah. that are making the most money from it. It, it, it not has, the ones in it. The ones up top it, that are doing it has to the people that have paid attention and woke up a little bit. I hate that term woke. I, I think woke people are sleeping and and pe- I'm, I'd rather be awake than woke. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, fucking pain. You and I pay attention. People who kind of saw this thing and were on the fence, the moderates, and that aren't politically charged, they saw what was going on. They got a vaccine, caught COVID anyway, got sick, and went, "This is stupid. And like, woke what, up. what? What am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm woken up now." 
Um, the ones who bought the narrative hook, line, and sinker are the ones that it, it, they're the ones like I write in the book that we're the guys that get burned at the stake, you and me, for telling everybody the world is round. And the whole community says, no, you guys are fucking great. And they will literally kill you. They'll burn you at the stake. And then 100 years later, they realize, hey, they were right. And they laugh about it and go, hey, remember what we did to those guys? Like, dude, pay attention. There are people that actually know what they're doing. I, like I said to you, I know nothing about oncology, but we did COVID for three years and we did it really well. We learned a lot of stuff and it wasn't just me. This is my whole team. This is the epidemiologist. This is your virologist we're talking to every day. These are other practices. We're sharing information because we legit give a shit. We care about our patients. I didn't want my patients running around scared. I told my patient, too, take that mask off. Go live your life. I would do that demonstration all the time with my vape pen and the and mask put it in. Yep. and show them how. And once they see that in person, they go, okay, I'm taking this off. This yeah, is stupid. How, just walk in a freezer. And breathe with an N95 <laughs> mask on. And you're going to see how ineffective it is at stopping the water vapor coming out of your mouth Dude, in a frozen way. I love when somebody, I was on a plane yesterday and somebody had the worst BO ever. And everybody around him smelled. And there was a woman across from me in the aisle with a mask on. And you could see her cringing from <sighs> this guy's BO. Oh, that mask is really working, it's huh? Really <laughs> I, it's just, I just, I love If like, I fart right now, you're going to smell every I, bit of she it. She kept right? it on because she thought it was keeping her safe. And look, dude, I used to feel bad for these people. I, I do this joke on stage. I've been doing it for the the longest time i talk about the guy in the motorcycle wearing a no helmet but he's got his mask on and i said it only tells me one thing this virus ain't killing enough fucking people and uh you know look we didn't want our patients dying we didn't want our patients sick we didn't want our patients hurting but i also wanted my patients to live life i wanted them to know the truth about this because we didn't stop living from day one i, I kelly and i not we, day one i didn't stop i no, i did my own thing i told her too because she's you know she's working at, she's a nurse she's working in the hospital she works in my office and she would she would she would see doom and gloom and for the first three weeks she was conflicting with me well, they were they were seeing the worst of the worst of the Because sick people go to the hospital. Yes, very and sick, sick people, people go to the doctor. I'm testing police officers because they're forced to being tested every week. Yeah. And I'm testing people who are calling me going, I was exposed to my brothers, grandmothers, roommates, uncles, cousins, nephew. Like, dude, okay, fine. You know, these aren't people who are freaking out saying, I, I feel like absolute dog shit because if you did, go to the fucking hospital if you can't breathe. But yeah. when you put somebody on a vent and we learned things like proning, proning works amazing. I'd have patients call me What's up. proning? Proning is where you turn a patient over so your lungs are in your back and they're going to pull with fluid and oh it, they did that shit with, with uh the spanish flu too right yeah, uh, yeah i don't, I I so. don't they, know i think they put them on their stomach yeah and they brought them outside into the sunlight this works amazingly and i would have patients call me up because everybody bought a pulse ox during covid and they'd say like oh dude my pulse is like my pulse ox is 84 what do i do and i'd tell the patient like hey lay in your stomach and take a nap for a half hour and call me and they're like what what are you crazy i'm like dude Turn around, lay on your stomach, take a nap. They an hour later because they they'd fall asleep. They call me up to I'm at ninety five now. How'd you do that? I'm like congratulations. It's it, it's called proning. We do it in the hospital. We have these rotor prone beds. I write about that in the treatment section that you can turn a patient over um, uh, automatically. And when you run out of rotor prone beds because we don't have a lot of them and they're very expensive, they actually had proning teams go around the hospital. So a team of pe uh, people would go and turn these patients over, and then they would go and keep nice. going through. Okay, and turn so we're learning. Yeah, it just drains the the fluid out of your lungs to the point where it opens up your alveoli and you can actually breathe in different areas of your lungs that, that, that weren't getting oxygen and it, it's amazing what it does. But just the simple act of proning to relieve the pressure on somebody's lungs. Most people didn't get that, right? So we talked about this earlier and people would say to me like, I never had a symptom and I'd say to them, what do you think the symptoms of COVID are? And they would always say to me, cough, fever, shortness of breath. I go, no. The most common symptom is a headache. A headache. Hemoglobin uptake issues. After that it was, um, it was fatigue and then you would kind of go down the line. We had actually in the beginning we 
we, we discovered six symptom groups, uh, one being diarrhea, and that was in like the like the sixth group. So like if you had diarrhea, it, you know, it, you could be in like, you know, the, the, the higher end, but you get diarrhea from any kind of virus. From a lot of different things. So then it was but, like attacking different, it seemed like it went more to like sinuses after, like the Omicron was more in the sinus cavity yes. and not, and it really didn't get much into, the, it wasn't like affecting the lungs as much as coughing, like the Correct. first one. because spike like, proteins exp- uh, affect people very differently. Yeah, so the, I mean, the, the first one had me like, I couldn't even breathe. Because you, it was probably the yeah. first time you had it. It was not. It was crazy. And I, you were responding to all of the proteins inside. Early January, 2020. Yep. Early January, before it was even known. And then you built up this immune, you B and T lymphocytes. Your B cells are your are your memory cells. Your T cells are your helper cells. And when you are- Another ex- thing we spoke about in- T- uh, 2021, right? But this is very important because you understand this and you go, okay, so I'm having some memory. Can you get sick from it again? Yeah, you can get a cold. It's a coronavirus. You can get a cold every year. Human rhinovirus. There's HKU29, OL43, NL63. There's tons of them. We test for seven in the office. So it's amazing. Like, even when I tell a patient they have a coronavirus, they're like, they always say, is it COVID? No, dude, there's seven coronavirus. <laughs> I have to explain all this stuff. You know? And then, like, you'll tell them they have, like, you know, Klebsiella pneumonia on top of it. And they're, and they're like, whoa, okay, but what about the COVID? I'm like, dude, I'm more worried about the Kleb right now because that's just yeah. as contagious. And it's you know it's bacterial and you need to be treated. That'll fucking kill you like, way way faster. Yeah, I mean there's anything can kill you. You know RSV yeah. RSV. It's funny they run commercials now for RSV. I see the commercials all the time. How RSV is so deadly. RSV used to be like a kid thing, and now it, you see it in adults. Very prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's thirty. I think there's thirty one things on our respiratory pathogen panel. So like you know parainfluenza A. You know there's there's so many things. You have to know what you're treating. We have one fungal thing on our par- on our uh, panel. So if it's viral, you're not going to treat with an antibiotic. If it's bacterial, you're going to treat with it. And you can use a broad spectrum, but there's certain ones that are going to require a different type of an antibiotic. And then there's the back, uh, fungal, which is going to require a completely different uh, treatment method. So you have to know what you're diagnosing. So we were talking about treatment a minute ago, and you're asking me like what we're doing for COVID. The first thing to do is get a full panel and understand what you actually have. If you're going to an urgent Know where you're treated properly. Yeah, if you're yeah. going to an urgent care and you're getting a rapid COVID test, well, first of all, the urgent care, they're morons, and you should be <laughs> going to somebody who... And by the way, we talk about this all the time. So many people in the last couple of years because of this have been going to urgent care. They don't go to primary care. So there's no record of the patient. They're not doing preventative measures, preventative wellness. They're going to the urgent care to get treated for the symptoms they have, kind of like an allopathic approach, which would be an MD or, you know, DO is more osteopathic. But they're not taking their health care seriously. So right now we got a big problem with diabetes people losing limbs. Um, what we're seeing in the hospital right now, which I think is a direct cause and correlation from the vaccines, is an abundance of cancer, specifically lymphoma. Oh, insane amounts of cancer. We're, we're seeing it crazy. So all of a sudden, it's like crazy. You get young people, and we're talking about all the lymphoma. So now we start talking to other hospitals around the country. I just talked to one in Boston not too long ago, and she was telling me, the nurse there was telling me about the abundance of cancer. So I didn't lead her, because I don't like, I like to my data to be unskewed. And I said, what specifically? And she goes, oh my God, the lymphoma is out. And I'm like, holy shit. And so you, you put the, you know, the, the data together and you start to see trends and you, as you talk to people around the country, they're all seeing the same things. The only thing we've been doing differently over the last two years is the, the freaking vaccines. There's vaccines. So I, I, I don't understand it's these funny, people. It's funny, I think I predicted that too. You did. <laughs> but, but, but I will go back to what I said earlier. I did not not recommend the vaccine because I thought there was going to be an abundance of cancer or lymphoma. We just said it wasn't working. So it's not worth the risk. The risk didn't outweigh the reward. But yeah. now you're seeing these things and you're going, dude, holy crap. Like you said before, you see people falling, you know, heart attacks, young people all of a sudden. I can't it's all get over to the place. that. It's it not, is. It's not like we've seen this shit before. It's not like we had, you know, every year... We saw 10, 15 like, news anchors just 
get that same look in their face and fall out. It's it's over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's happening right in front of your face. And you're talking about young stud athletes, right? Falling over. You say what you want. Oh, the hit caused that that one, Damar Harron or whatever you name, whatever his name is. Right, Hamlin. Oh yeah, the, the hit did it. You're talking about millions and millions of hits over the course of football's life, and it never happened before ever. Now all of a sudden he gets hit, and boom, he falls down like everybody else did. Yeah. Right. If it didn't look like everybody else, and we didn't just see it start happening, my conspiracy brain wouldn't be going crazy. You know, but let's put it this way: I, I don't want to go be going like that. Believe it or not, we've been going an hour and fifty minutes. Really? Yeah. So I want to do this. Let's finish up with, with chapter fourteen. Okay. Right, because this is the actual the only. Oh, you chapter. skipped over my dad. Well, <laughs> I did, I did, because I, I want to read your dad. I don't want to talk right. about, it. and I didn't want to bring up bad thoughts. No, but it's, if you it's wanna, fine. So, like your dad, chapter thirteen was my dad and common sense, yeah. right? So I have a feeling that you know your dad's awesome, and nobody has common sense because I didn't I didn't get to chapter thirteen or fourteen yet. Okay. You know, so that those are the only two the only two chapters I haven't read. That's all right. But if you want I mean if you want to talk, you know touch on uh, on you know what your father My dad died in in uh, February a couple months ago. And um, Was it COVID based or? Well, no, he he was totally healthy. He was perfectly fine. And I I begged my dad. My you know, parents are funny. Parents see their kids and they they always kind of like you know, with a grain of salt, you know, what their kids are doing. And and my dad knows what I do and you know, we would talk about COVID all the time. We talk about this stuff, but my dad was glued to uh, MSNBC. And um, my stepmother, God love her, you know, she, she, I didn't get to see my dad the last couple of years because of COVID. You know, they were always, you know, if you're coming over, I just got to wear a mask and stay, you know, 20 feet away and, you know, stand outside. So it, it was hard. Um, I love my dad. He's a great guy. But, you know, he moved to Florida years ago and we didn't see each other as much as I'd like. But the last two years were just, you know, three years. Um, they, had, they had him petrified. Yeah, you know, I, I would try to tell my dad all the time, Dad, this thing is not as bad as you, th you think. You do not want those shots. The stuff I'm seeing coming back in the office, trust me, Dad, you don't need it. You're going to get it anyway. You're going to be fine like everybody else. I've had it three times. I'm fine. You can't, you know, you can tell them enough of personal stories, but they just don't get it because they're watching a different narrative. And when you're watching, I read in, in the book that CNN was probably the most detrimental thing they could do with putting that death count up there, which you and oh, I talked about. It wasn't just CNN, it was MSNBC. Fox had that fucking death count up. All of these people had that death count up. Well, it was in. Insane. CNN was probably the worst. MSNBC oh, 100% they were, is, yeah. is like, what the hell are you even watching? It's just propaganda. But when you, if and I've talked about this over the years, if you're watching that and that alone, and you think that everybody in the world, because all the commentators, they come on and they just tap the same narrative. If you think that's what the world thinks, when you hear a difference of opinion, you think we're all crazy. So I kind of can't blame them because they're they're, in a sense, they're brainwashed. I mean, that's all they're getting. They're not, and I watch, I watch them all. I want to know what everybody's saying. I do the exact so, same thing. So, you know, I got to get all my information and I can kind of put a, you know, formulation together so you know who's telling the truth and who's not. But my dad was a great guy. He was a smart guy. I love him to death and I miss him to death. Um, when he, uh, when he passed, it was very unexpected. He fell over. Uh, autopsy, we had to wait on a couple weeks. He had an enlarged heart. It was twice the size it should have been. He threw a clot in his coronary artery, and his kidneys looked like they were going to fail. Now, coincidentally, my sister is having the same kidney issues. He had three Pfizer's. My sister had two. And she's very upset that she took those shots because she's having kidney issues. What the shots do is they um, they they attack areas of instability. Those, those cytokines travel around your system for at least two weeks. The ACE2 receptors pick them up. We've had this conversation before. And they make an area of weakness. Uh, they inflame it. So um, what my dad died of could have been natural causes, but in, in my opinion, was it shot related? 
probably. Um, we see the same thing with patients that my dad is seeing, and he was only 76 years old. He's pretty healthy. Um, he, he really kept up with his health. He wasn't the most healthy person in the world, but he wasn't unhealthy. It was totally unexpected when he died. So, uh, you know, would he be alive today if the, sh if he didn't get those shots? Maybe. Um, I've seen too many people like him all of a sudden have unexpected heart issues. And we were just talking about Kelly a little while ago and my, my buddy today who called me up and all of a sudden he's got plaque in his aorta. The reality is every single person knows somebody that has an issue from... Well, I, I, I see it. See, the heart issues we pick up on what's called incidental findings. You'll never figure that out because you don't have like pain all of a sudden. And you're like, oh, I'm going to go to the doctor. You, it's something you find out six months to a year later. The stuff you find out immediately are the joint stuff. So like I have patients who get a shot and like a week later, their joints start swelling up and then they get another shot and it gets worse. So you can oh, see that. You were talking that. last time about the dude who had that the giant hand Girl, or whatever. Uh, 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 she's a, I think we're talking about the same patient, but I have a lot of patients with joint issues. But the one in particular I talk about in the book, uh, shot, uh, Moderna. Joint issues right away. Second shot, joint issues got worse. Got COVID, all of a sudden the pain was right in those joints. And you could see the direct cause and correlation. It was like within days. Yeah. And this is what you see. The hard stuff you don't pick up because you don't feel that. So the plaque develops or you get you know inflammation around the pericard, you know, the, the, the sac of your heart, the pericarditis and the myocarditis. And all of a sudden, you're, you're just six months later, you're going to the doctor for something unrelated and then you find it on an incidental finding. That's why it doesn't get reported to VAERS. And like I said, the same doctors who would report it are the same idiots that were telling you, yeah, you should probably get the shot because yeah, exactly. of your age group. And shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. I would never. If you find out that these doctors, you should never, you should fire those doctors. The same morons, by the way, and there are a lot of great doctors out there. I can name a lot of them. But the morons that had those freaking plastic things up because, God forbid, or forced oh, you to wear a mask break, in their office, yeah. just fire these guys. You know what? You, you don't deserve to practice. I don't practice. I'm not a medical doctor. I, I'm a, I'm a, I, I have a DBA. I have I have multiple degrees, and I don't claim to be a doctor. I, well, I am a do my title is doctor, but I analyze data. Maybe when you're looking at data, you want somebody to actually do what I do and analyze the data. I don't I don't you know you wouldn't look for me for medical advice, but you're going to look at me and say, hey, what are you seeing out there? That's common uh, sense. It's just it's common sense. You want to you want to have knowledge, right? And the, the, the far too many people operate off fear, and they didn't want to operate off of knowledge. I was listening to all the doctors. Going, who makes more sense? Who sounds right? Who's being more specific? Mm -hmm. Right? Like when you look at these political candidates, there's I, I've been liking this Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy guy because whether I agree with what he says or not, he has very, very, very specific answers like to some of these questions, right? And it's I didn't want to get get political or anything. I just used him as a as a as an example. You had the doctors out in California that were sitting there going, guys, why are you wearing masks? You need this type of flora. When when you stop and you and you go back into the environment your 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 immune system is not going to be ready to fight what's going to be coming at you you need this stuff and you're going to be more susceptible you're going to get more sick we're going to watch the sicknesses skyrocket then those guys started getting you know started getting banned and what i see is they they common sense doesn't exist common it's it's the it's what's the word i guess i'm looking for it's your sense is given to you by the media and you and people ignored what made sense? They ignored. They ignored their own their own minds. They ignored everything because of how they were able to feed, make them make them scared. So where do like chapter fourteen? Where do we go from here? Yeah, it, you it, know it, what did we learn, and where the hell do we go? I don't from? think we learned shit. 
Uh, and that is not a, uh, not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. Because again, we're sitting here three years later. We're speaking different languages. We don't understand what a virus is. We don't understand timelines. We have people going out and getting rapid tests that don't understand. You know, everyone forgot. They they forgot. It's they're it, not it, pissed off. They're no, they're not. And it that it's driving me crazy. How many of you know people do you know that committed suicide or lost their business or shut down? I mean, you should be pissed. Your kids have been out of school for how long? In certain states. I mean, Florida reopened pretty quick, and everybody jumped on DeSantis. Probably one of the best governors I've seen who handled this thing. There are a lot of people who did a great job. You got, I mentioned the mayor of Key West down there. I won't mention her name either, but Jesus Christ, she had people, she had her cops writing tickets for people who weren't masked up outside. Outside. And she got California reelected. California was arresting people surfing. Surfing. You That's should be on. pissed off as, as a society, as a country, and say never again. We haven't learned a damn thing. No, if this thing happens again in a month, we're going to be right back in the same boat. You and I will be having the same podcast, and people will be sitting here telling us we're nuts. You know what? I have way less people telling me I'm crazy, though, Mike. I'm going to be honest. Every one of my posts now, the, the reality is, though, I think I've already gotten like shadow banned by all these people. You look at right now. I showed you my show. I was trying to find my show on Spotify. It doesn't even come up, even though I like it. It doesn't even come up on my on my shows. My book is doing okay, but Amazon. I have two distributors, so Amazon's one of them. And when Amazon, uh, when I approached them about marketing the book, spending money on Amazon so they can make more money off the book, they sent me back a letter saying that they can't promote it today. They can't promoted due to current events are you fucking kidding me the book is not about anthony i wish people will google this go to you know anywhere you can google fauci's fiction book and you'll see the cover you're going to want to buy it just for the cover i have people calling me up telling me they're buying it as gifts for people you got that crazy neighbor that crazy family member still wearing a mask or whatever give them a gift this is the perfect stocking stuffer it's a 170 page book it's 160 pages of reading 15 bucks you can right? yeah 16.99 you could read this thing in 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 one sitting at most most people i do. did I, I got through a pretty fast I, got, I definitely got through it pretty quick. You had two weeks to prepare. I, I am that, but you're a busy guy, so. <laughs> yeah, it's like two two weeks to prepare is like it's like a day and a half in my world. I, I don't know what shit you're, you're talking you're about. You're out working for your family. Uh, unlike a lot of people are sitting at home on the money they collected off this thing. But this is a great stocking stuffer. I think if everybody read this in the world, you would understand it. You would never let this happen again. And I, that's, that's the, the point. key. That's the, that's the key right there, Mike. Because, I mean, the reality is you have to have a better perspective of what was thrown at us. And we can never forget this stuff, right? It, like, it, it drives me crazy that, A, they were able to get this amount of people to, to be as scared, right? They were able to get this amount of people to believe Fauci's fiction, right? And now, like, that, that was the thing that bothers me, that bothered me the most. But now seeing. Nobody cares anymore. Oh, we got. Well, thank you. We, we, you, you let me get back to my life. But like you said, we're just starting to feel a lot of the effects. We're just starting to see the long-term effects of the of the vaccines because we didn't test them properly. We're just starting to see like little things. Interest rates went up. What does that mean? You know, in my business, that means people can't get home equity loans right. as easy. Right. So now with building, building's going to start being affected. Right. You're going to see a lot more landscapers going out of business, a lot more contractors going out of business. It's it's going to happen. The, the economy is going to shrink down. Why? Because they created the false economy. They gave everybody so much money. Everybody ran out and they spent then. And now they can't spend. My assistant right? today, it's, she told me she can't buy a new car because the interest rates are too high. Her payment would be too high. She's got to go into a lease. I mean, it's it's happening everywhere. The economy is starting to turn. Uh, and, and, but this is directly correlatable. Cause and correlation. It directly correlatable you, to COVID. And it wasn't the virus that did it. It was our response. recklessness and our, our response to it. And it was, I blame the people. I blame us. 
Because you're right. I was, I was, as I'm, as I'm screaming all this stuff, I was called a maniac. I'm called a conspiracy theorist, mm-hmm. right? I was called a knucklehead by our fucking governor, yeah. who now I was proven correct, yeah. right? And it's these people, we allowed them to take control of our lives in, in, in a way that, that is so anti-American. Because I always said this to everybody, show me where in the Constitution it says that you lose all of your rights because of a pandemic. And you know they had pandemics in, in 1776. But, but your listeners care about that because they're like-minded people. And there's another yep. half of the country who will never, ever agree. But they won't listen to your podcast. They won't no. read this book. They don't care about the truth. They will just tout the narrative that you and I are nuts. I mean, I don't know what I'm nuts for. I just wrote a book based on what I saw from my 19,000 patients. But, you know, I've got people who comment on Facebook just on the cover alone, calling me every name in the book. I'm telling you, I'm such, such a hard time getting this out. I mean, I'm starting to do more media and more national stuff and that's great but i you would really need 360 million people in the country to look at this and say hey i want to give it an honest read they're getting triggered by the cover because oh you're bashing a good man i go the book's not about Fauci. well then why would you use them on the cover because it's a it's, it's metaphoric a it, it's yeah. metaphoric i mean like how, how <laughs> I, I don't it's know how to explain fiction, to some and people you still believe the fiction it's that's how scary. you explain it to them it's pretty scary you're still believing the fiction and it, it's clear as day and you lay it out clear as day in this in, in this book of all the fiction that you were told throughout the entire thing, you know, all of the all of the lies and what the reality was based and what you were seeing. That's what I really like. You, you definitely put it together very well. You 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 hit a lot of those points of the, of the past, and then what do we do? What do we do in the future? And like you said, it's a scary it's a scary uh, prognosis, I guess, for the country. You know, my my stepmother won't talk to me right now. And I don't know why. She was mad about the book for some reason. She bought the book, and then she was mad about something. She didn't tell me. She told my sister, but she hasn't talked to me <laughs> in months. Well, it's probably because you, you had your dad in there, and you, you may have linked the vaccine to, to his well, death. And, it, and if, if she pushed it and she was scared, then maybe she, she has a little guilt to it. And I, I'm, not, I'm putting words in, 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 in that yeah, mouth. I, I, you know, I don't but, know. You know, but it's that, it's that narrative. Keep telling the narrative, people. I, I would never do that. You know, when science, science evolves, science changes. You learn things. You change your opinion. You change your mind on things. That's how we learn, right? We go through. Mm-hmm. Because in the beginning, I was PPE'd up. I was outside testing people on their front porch because didn't know. But once I knew, I changed my, my, my approach a bit. Uh, that's how science evolves. It's not just picking a narrative and staying with it because that's what you want to do. And that's why this book is important. And it's, it's even more important for the people that are still believing the fiction. Because you, at some point, you have to face the things that are uncomfortable for you to face. You have to get out of your comfort zone. That's how you grow. And if you sit back and you do, and let's just say you're a masker and you and, and you take all the vaccines and you think COVID killed 50% of the people, you're the person that this book really needs, or that, that needs to read this right. book. But they never you're, will. And hopefully they will. Like I said, I think, you know, I, I think we're turning. I really do. I, th- I think there's a lot of people that are waking up to this. Dude, you think about this. Like you said, there's a lot of people that were forced to take a vaccine that had problems and had still a, got COVID. Had, and they, all those people are now waking up to I it. I had a friend of mine who called me, texted me yesterday, and she bought this as a gift for one of her family members. And she was kind of dumbfounded. Her family member picked it up, looked at it, and put it away and didn't want anything to do with it. And her family member had come to me early on for testing when no one was open, when I was the only one doing it, when I was the only place they could get a test and get any kind of, you know, medical help. She came to me. Uh, this before I even had my office open. She stopped by the house a couple times for a test. And she said to me, isn't it crazy that the people that relied on you so much in the beginning when no one was doing this, when you were the only person they could get help from, now are triggered by your book cover and don't even want to read it. I said, that fucking amazing. They bought into this narrative and it's like, and she was telling, she's like, this guy helped you. 
he helped you. You you like literally like you know hello goodbye. You know mm-hmm. you're, you're how you doing. You know you you want to appear like you're his friend, but the, you look at the book cover and it triggers you. But folks, the, the book doesn't have anything to do with Anthony Fauci yet. It has everything to do with Anthony Fauci. One hundred percent, it's everything to do with him. And every he, and everybody who touted this bullshit narrative. Yeah. So put it this way, Fauci's fiction. My man Michael Schwartz, man, fucking dude. Let me tell you something. Two, we've done. I think three podcasts yeah. it was like six thank hours you, by the way six hours no dude thank you for all the work that you've done man listen helping helping waking one person up and you never know you know i mean this is a book now right so this this thing could go anywhere you give it six months you have no idea how many copies you're going to be selling you never know when, when it's going to catch fire to to me i really do think people this is what happens it's the same thing with trump right they were every day, Trump, 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 in your face, in your face, Trump, Trump, Trump. And people got sick and tired of that. You, you get that, that, that Trump overload, you know? And now he's gone. And I think people are almost ready for him to kind of, to, to kind of come back because he's been gone for a while, right? COVID was in our faces. We're so It was such a big part of our life that I think there's a lot of people that seriously just want to forget it. Like, like put it out. It never happened, right? right? Put it out of my mind. And, I, and eventually... They're going to come back to it. Eventually, they're going to they're going to go. You know that was a fucking crazy time. And eventually, you're going to have people like me that are loud enough that are going to push them into reading something like this. You know, because it's so it's so important to understand what they did, what they did wrong, what they did right. You know, and then who was actually doing things like the proper way, and then how once again how we can learn from it and never do it again. And if and if the people don't learn, we're fucked. Yeah. We're fucked. And a lot of them don't want to. But, I mean, listen, at least you put yourself out there. You put your experience out there. You put your a lot of your experience from, like, personal experience to the, the, the medical experience to the testing. Um, at least you put it out there for people to, to, to read, right? Because with, without a lot of these books, we're just going to forget. I, I put this out there because I, I was having this conversation in the book thousands of times and I, I and now you know i can say here just read the book <laughs> you know it's exactly. a little bit easier but um you know timing is everything we'll see anthony fauci's back in the news uh the amount of the amount of criticism i'm getting just on the cover because people are triggered is crazy and i have heard the word trump a million times and i trump I'd is rather, mentioned in the book i'd twice. rather have a triggering if i'm writing a book I'd rather have something that draws attention. It's a cool cover, isn't it? Right, this is an awesome cover. Yeah, I mean, when you when you look at this, and I'm going to post, you know, I, obviously I'm going to post the book with with that, and I have a giveaway too. I'm going to give this away to uh, to one of the. It was the Insult Calories competition. Okay. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'll give I give that one away. So they're gonna they're gonna get a Calories T-shirt, and dude, it was hysterical. I had people trying. To, I said, "Give me your best insults. Just insult me the best you possibly can." <laughs> dude, it was. Fuck! It's so funny. They just comment after comment of ripping me, and then one dude just started taking my like my pictures and and putting it on, you know, yeah. a whole bunch of different stuff. He put the Bud Light girl on my uh, or the Bud Light trans thing, you know what I'm saying? Dylan <laughs> yes. Mulaney. He put that like pictured her Bud Light like I was wearing on my on my on my profile page. So much good shit. So he he won the competition. I want to be giving this to him. But guys, well, congrats! I'm going to sign it. So oh hell it. yeah! And by the way, yeah, I want you to read. I know that book is a little screwed up. I want you to read chapter eight before you uh, give it to him. But I'm gonna sign this for him. And I 
can't thank you enough for doing what you're doing, getting people out and, you know, support your, by the way, you got a great audience. I heard more. It's funny when you do podcasts cause you, you just never know. I had this a radio station in New York the other day and I didn't get any feedback from it, but it was way up in like, I don't know, Rochester or something. But I did your podcast two years ago and all of a sudden I was getting people coming out of the woodwork that I haven't talked to in years. My buddy Kurt, you know, who is a good friend of mine, but I haven't heard from him in a while. People were just coming out of what you, you had a lot of great listeners, but they really care because you're actually putting out relevant stuff. Um, you know, it's funny you talk about Joe Rogan all the time, but you know, you, uh, your po- if you got this syndicated, like you, dude, you got a really great show. I appreciate that. And, right? and your listeners are we, uh, on top of it. Put it this way. Here's the problem with our show. And this is, this is the reality. And this is why Spotify doesn't, you know, I'm not on my own shows on Spotify. Jay and I, we, we're not afraid of any conversation. We're not afraid of any topic. We're not afraid of any word. You know what I'm saying? So like, like. The, the, our last episode, we had we have characters like we we mess around. We call them Whitey and Bleached, right? We had Whitey and Bleached just reading rap songs because you know that Jason Aldean song was so enraging to people, whatever the hell it is. So we, I mean, we were saying words that we really shouldn't be saying, but we don't give a fuck, right? Yeah. We talk about we've been talking about we've been talking about gain of function research and all this stuff since way before it was even cool to do. You know, I was talking about you know. Three and a half million dollars in the NAH research grant sure. and all this other stuff. So it's like we get, we have uh, definitely we're definitely shadow banned, you know. So the show is, I love not being syndicated in or any of that stuff because I could talk about whatever the hell I want. If you don't want to listen to me, don't listen to me. Yeah, but you people know? would be more, you know, you, you'd listen. I would love to get it out. I would love to get it out, and I appreciate the, the the kind words in the show. You know what I'm saying? It would be it would be awesome to just to do you know podcasting for a living. You kidding me? Sure. Just coming here talking and all that stuff. And I mean, think about it, like. Just having you on the show two and a half years ago, we had a conversation two years ago that nobody was having. Mm-hmm. Not one person was having it. Listen to the 101st episode, right? Mike Schwartz, dude, we're at two, we're at two hours and ten minutes. Bro. Wow. Me and you could talk about this shit all day. So listen, my man Mike Schwartz, doctor, sorry, doctor, uh, doctor, nah, just Mike doctor Mike. Michael Schwartz, Fauci's fiction, buy it and, uh, and fucking learn. For the love of God, buy this book <laughs> and learn... So we don't we don't make these mistakes again. Any uh, any final words you want to? Dude, you wanna you're awesome. Audience, audience? Uh, just uh, dude, I need to support help help get it out because in addition to Amazon, you know, shadow banning it, it Facebook does the same crap. I got to do so many interviews. You're my favorite interview to do. I appreciate uh, that, bud. but I got to do so many of these just to get the word out. So any help your audience can give about just you know posting it on your social media, uh, videos work sharing great. It. Sharing, sharing it, sharing it. Get the book. Get a picture. When you buy this book, get a picture. Send it to me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Put it on your Facebook page. Tell everybody you're reading it. Let's get this out because it, it has to be. I mean, once again, you, we have proof of what you were saying two years ago, right? Listen to that episode, read the damn book, and learn. <laughs> Got, you know, I can only hope. Get the truth out, folks, because nobody wants to hear this. They want it to go away so that they don't have to deal with your shit. And I think <laughs> you got to give them shit now and say never again. Never again. Again, and that's how we're going to end the show. Listen, guys, I always tell you this. We we always end the show. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but I always tell everybody to go fuck themselves. <laughs> but today, if you don't learn and you don't read this book, seriously, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Later, guys. Fucking moron. Here we go. Here we go. Listen. Wake up. Fucking ridiculous. It's not helping anybody else. It's hurting you. Come on. Random fucking thought. Thank you. Come on. Fucking stupid. Thank you. Wake the fuck up. Thank you. Wake the fuck up. All this fucking lunacy. Thank you. Come on.